Big shout out to our amazing sponsors, Outlaw Distillery. Looking for exceptional spirits to elevate your taste buds? Well, look no further than Outlaw Distillery. With their extraordinary spice rum and honey bourbon gracing the shelves of liquor stores, your drinking experience is about to reach new heights. And here's the best part. Outlaw Distillery is opening its doors to all you adventurous souls. Join the tour and step inside the lair where the magic happens. From the art of distillation to the secrets behind their mouth-watering recipes, this is a chance to witness craftsmanship at its finest. Here's a little something extra for our family. Outlaw Distillery is offering an incredible 40% discount on all tours. Just use the code FAMILY when booking your visit to the Spirited Haven. It's an experience you will not want to miss. Not only does Outlaw Distillery excel in crafting top-notch spirits, but they also believe in giving back to their community. So, if you're ready to taste the adventure and embrace the allure of finely crafted spirits, head to your nearest liquor store and grab a bottle of Outlaw Distillery. And remember, the best is yet to come when you step inside Outlaw Distillery with the exclusive family discount. Cheers to thrilling libations and unforgettable memories. See you at Outlaw. Shout out to our sponsors, Kings Peak Coffee Roasters. At Kings Peak, they take coffee seriously. Their beans are sourced with utmost care from sustainable farms worldwide, ensuring that each sip is a celebration of exquisite flavors. From captivating blends to captivating single origin roasts, their coffee selection promises to tantalize your taste buds and elevate your coffee game to new heights. King's Peak staff embodies the spirit of hospitality and passion for coffee. With smiles that brighten your day, they're always ready to guide you on an unforgettable coffee journey. From bean selection to brewing techniques, their knowledgeable baristas will happily share their expertise to help you find your perfect cup. King's Peak is committed to making a positive impact on the entire coffee supply chain. With every purchase, you're supporting farmers and artisans, enabling sustainable practices and empowering communities around the globe. Together, we're nurturing a brighter, more inclusive future for everyone involved. Whether you're a coffee aficionado or a curious newcomer, King's Peak is your welcoming sanctuary. Explore their wide array of coffees, accessories, and gifts, and let King's Peak help you find the perfect fit for your unique taste. They're not just a coffee shop, but a community that embraces the joy of coffee and human connection. Join us at King's Peak Coffee Roasters, where coffee dreams come true. Listening to the Tastemasters, where we sit down and learn from artists within the world of craft beer, liquor, and various fermentation techniques. All right, family, I've been wanting to do this episode since Nam, it feels like, but I am in the heart of Policy Kings Brewing, Cedar City, with DeAndre and Sarah. My friends, welcome to your own building on the show. Thank you. <laughs> it's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Are you having me? What are you talking about? Thanks for having us on your show. Bro, I've been, oh, guys, this is so cool because I've been trying, not hard enough, but trying, well, I've wanted to do this episode just because I love you guys. And then I just love PK. I, how many times do I shout at you guys? Like at every episode? Ditto. All the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> every, every other episode that I listen to for Tastemasters, you mentioned PK at least once. Yeah. Well, I, I think you guys are doing the Lord's work 
Amen. in Cedar City. You know what I mean? Like you guys are craft. I see the art. I see the love and you guys are doing it in Cedar City, which is difficult. And you're, I feel like you're far, far away. We are you know definitely what I mean? far away. We feel that also. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome to snowy, uh, what is this, February? February day. Um, I'm calling it right now. Tomorrow the Chiefs will win. and Go 49ers. Then Kelsey will be proposing to Taylor Swift on the field. We're not going to talk about any teams <laughs> in the Super Bowl for tomorrow. Yeah, Andre's a Lions fan. Oh, shit. Sorry, homie. We were so close. <laughs> so close to where I got better hopes for next season. You know what? I'm very proud of uh, – I've never talked football on this um, podcast, by the way. But I'm excited that Goff like, kind of got thrown away and then came and did something for Detroit that no one else has done forever. I can relate to that. It's really cool. I can definitely relate to being thrown away. Well, speaking of which, DeAndre, <laughs> I want to hear the story. Where did you come from? What's your backstory before PK? Like, I know you're a vet. That's what I know about, about you. I know – Tell me the stories. Where are you from? Where I'm from, it's, it's a long story. I grew up out of a trash can and I moved to California. Literally, that's how I treat it. Right. I was born in St. Louis. Uh, I moved from St. Louis when I was about 11. And probably some of the worst circumstances, worst situation. You can think of any movie that you've seen as, that's been um, inner city related. Boys in the Hood, Menace to Society. Think of that movie. That was my environment being in St. Louis and then L.A. when I turned 11. Uh, so definitely a tough upbringing, but that's what made me who I am today. Right. Um, and I definitely like to lead into uh, schooling-wise. Growing up, I was fortunate to go to a lot of great schools that um, we did have. The, the, the good education, because I know you hear like the the stigma about inner cities and how bad the schooling is and education. It was the opposite for me. I feel like I got the best experience going, growing up, whether I would have to transfer to another school or not. Uh, so schooling was never my problem. It was staying focused. That was always my problem. <laughs> um, and because of that, we all have to take different routes. Uh, so I didn't go... I tried college after high school. Mm. I, don't, I don't think I was ready. I definitely wasn't ready. Uh, so I lasted about uh, half a semester, and then I dropped out. Uh, but it was in computer science. That is what stuck with me from that day until the day I went back to school. Really? I always knew I wanted to do something with computers. I did. Um, but in between there, I didn't like school, so I, just, I decided to uh, join the military it was like everyone else. You saw what happened for September 11th, and it just uh, gave you this, this gut feeling that you had to do something. Yeah. It, like, invigorated you. It did. Yeah. Way more than that, because the commercial that I saw was a Navy SEAL commercial. So I was like, I can swim. <laughs> oh, were you a I Navy SEAL? I'm confused. <laughs> I wasn't a Navy SEAL. I was a personnel in, in the Navy, which is equally important because we all play our roles. But um, that was a commercial. I saw a Navy SEAL commercial, and I was like... I need to get up. Um, and it, it, if you ever seen the commercial, um, it was for Everest College. And I think it had, if you watch a Mike Epps uh, comedy show, uh, the guy's like, <laughs> you got to get up. What you doing? What you doing with your life? Get up. You got to go to college. You lazy, lazy boy. Get out of, get so out of bed. So <laughs> literally, I'm in the bed. It was like 7 o'clock in the morning. And I saw that commercial first. It's like, shit, am I going to do something with myself? It was after high school. And then September 11th happened. It was all over the news. 
Uh, my grandmother woke me up. I was already awake, but she came in the room and was like, uh, do you see what's going on? No, I don't watch TV in the morning. So we turned it on and it was just, it was, uh, it hurt. It's like, what am I doing? Mm. I'm laying in the bed and all of these people, you can see them jumping. Jumping from the building, jumping from the trade center. Um, so that day I was like, I got I to gotta do something. So that same, well, the next day, and this is the story. I know I'm rambling right now, but this is the story, and I tell everyone this story. Um, I got up, and I went to the Army recruiting station, and everyone has to take, take the, uh, the test to see where you gauge, gauge where you're yeah. at, your smarts. Um, and so I went into the Army recruiting station, and I bombed the test. I, I probably scored like, uh, it's from 1 to 100. It was like in the 20th. <laughs> so beyond F. It was beyond F. <laughs> and um, the recruiter was like, don't worry about it. Just come back tomorrow. We'll try it again. But in my mind, I was like, no, I'm not, this is not what I'm going to do. So that same day, there was a Navy recruiting station right up the street. Because in, in the inner cities, they like to plant these places in the inner city. So I went to the Navy recruiting station, and I scored an 85. So, so I was like, okay, I can take a test. And it just showed me it was meant for me to be in the Navy and not in the Army because literally the same day I went over, took the exact same test. I remember the questions. So like, ah. But they don't give you the answers. I just remember the questions. Right. So it kind of helped me um, slow down a little bit. So while I was taking the test, I was like, this is not hard. This is easy. I was thinking too much. Same mm. thing with my son, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. He's thinking too much, and that, that gets you every time. So I joined the Navy um, January 1st, 2011. Is that right? No, that's 2000, 2012. 2000, 2012, sorry. Yeah. No, you're uh, No, no. Shit. <laughs> September 11, 2000, what was the year? Three. 2002. Okay, yeah. I was like two or three. when it yeah, when it happened. Yeah, I was like, so it happened in September. I was in. I was literally at my first duty station, January first. So I went through boot camp uh, from October, um, A school from November to December. First ship, January first. In Damn. the beautiful San Diego. San Diego. San Diego. Damn. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I did my uh, enlistment term a little, a little bit over four years. Um, I like to say that. Some people, we know them, all the veterans, we know that you have lifers, and then you have us. We do the four years, and we get out. It's not that we're not any less of a veteran or any less patriot. It's just four years taught me how to be a man, taught me how to um, approach life. Hmm. And uh, that's what I'm grateful for for the military. Everyone should at least do two years. Um, so after my, my service... Um, I moved to Cedar City because I didn't want to move back to L.A. But why Cedar City? What, How about we get to the part where, you know, I came into the picture and you got to Cedar City. Okay, so there's a reason why you came to Cedar <laughs> yeah. City. That, he, didn't just, he didn't just show up in Cedar. I was like, oh, why don't you? He's like, well, oh, I threw a dart at the board. I'm like, Cedar City. Yeah, we met um, when I was in San Diego, just like partying it up because I was in college here at uh, SUU. And I couldn't say no to a beautiful black man and like Navy in the Navy, <laughs> his Navy uniform. And so we met and then I was still in college and he was getting out. And so he was looking for honestly a way just to leave California. So I made him come to Utah, 
southern Utah of all places, and it was a culture shock. But I made him come here, and I finished school, and we had our first Wait, DeAndre, kid. you've yeah. been here since then? He's been here 18 years, 19 Holy years. Holy yep. cow. So, so Sarah, and then we got to go to you. So uh, This is where the bridging happens, right? Mm -hmm. So, Sarah, you've been Cedar City your whole life. I was born and raised in Parowan, which is okay. 20 minutes north, and went to SUU. And so, yes, I am a Utah, like, through and through, unfortunately. Gotcha. But I'm really meant for the big city. Because that's why you were in San Diego partying it up. Yeah, like, I'm, like, the small town girl. The Journey song was written about me. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so, so, yeah, I'm the one that kind of bridged that or brought him to Utah um, so I could finish school. That's cool graduate from college and then we moved to St. George for a while and he went back to school. That's oh. where you picked up computer science again, <clears throat> right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I worked I worked with adults and kids with disabilities. That was like my heart for oh, cool. 12 years that. before we started this. And so that's what I did in St. George and then we had our second child when we were in St. George, our amazing daughter who named one of our bears yourmom.com. <laughs> She's 12. <laughs> Our kids are very involved in the naming and everything that goes on at the brewery. And then... Uh, back up back just up. a little. Very involved. Mm -hmm. They can be up uh, involved in, in the brewing process until we have a fermented beer. That's what we were told. So our kids help us mill the grain. Uh, some days, most days, they'll help us clean up after a brew day. Uh, we definitely keep our kids uh, involved because... Um, whether they want to take what them. we're doing mm -hmm. when we're done, right. they don't have the skills and the mindset and the and the know how or how to right. to get it done if we don't if we can't do it. Well, here's the thing: Did you guys watch your parents do what they did for a living? No, so same. Yeah, so I mean the re like the big thing when we I mean we've been married for going on 18 years in May, and so I mean for the what 10 years of it. DeAndre always wanted to be an entrepreneur. He wanted to be his own boss. He never wanted to work for anybody. Like he just, he's just, this is his dream. Like I'm just along for the ride and it's great that he's allowing me, but I never like take credit for that. He created this and he brought it to where it is now. Yeah. Um, but when we were in, when we moved from St. George to Salt Lake, that's when we started looking into owning a bar or craft beer and barbecue. Yeah. Oh I mean, gosh. it's all, all the things that brewing and you still own barbecue. barbecue, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we'll work on that. But I mean, it just got to a point where he was done working for people. Yeah. He had, he was in an IT job up there. Um, five years, five years. I was sitting in the office. Mm -hmm. um, great money. I was making really good money. Um, no one had to work but me. That's ideal in the real world. Nowadays, right, um, which was fine, uh, but it was that that moment. I was sitting in my office one day, and it was glass. You could see through it. It's set right off of uh, the elevator. So every time someone would walk past my office to the elevator, they'll look over at me. <laughs> every time, and one day someone looked over at me, and I looked back at him with a mean face, and that was a moment I realized I didn't want to be there anymore. Mm, after five years after five years so then what went through your head after that um okay oh shit i'm done with this but now what nothing went through my head mm. it was blank it was so blank because i was in it i had access to everyone i wish everyone has the opportunity to do this 
because it's not the best way, but it's, it's uh, invigorating. It makes you feel good. It makes you um, recognize your worth. So I'm in my office, and I, I just made the head nod of the look at the lady, and I wrote a letter. And it was the fuck you letter. Mm. F you, F this company, F this place, (laughs) F everything about what's going on, sin. I sent it. You sent it. Let's side note note this. There was some some racial tensions going on at the last part of the job. Um, which I will say we did win when we filed a suit against oh, them. Shit. So, I mean, there was, it wasn't just like, I hate this I job. Hate it was, it was just like boiling over. So, I mean, he literally quit, <laughs> called me, came to get him. And then I went back to work. And this was in Salt Lake, correct? Yeah. In Salt Lake. And then when I went back to work, <laughs> the whole time he's trying to convince me, right? We talked about this earlier. I was very comfortable in corporate. I was comfortable with having someone write my paycheck and knowing that it was coming consistently all the time. I worked in the homeless program. Okay. And so I worked when they did Operation Rio Grande. I was working within that in housing. And it was too too much shady shit going on within that program. Just, I, I couldn't do it. And I was working for a really awful place. And it finally was the place that broke me to him be like, are you ready to... So you were being patient. He was waiting on me. It took a year for it finally to sink in that we were literally wasting our lives away every day. Every day. Damn. And so plug and play. Yep. And so we said, I think I left my job in January of 2018. We put our house on the market, sold it, took the money in February and took the money we got from our house and came down here and started it. Started the brewery. We, were we started op- working we were on it in February. In- we opened in October. February 2018, we opened in October of 2018. Oct- shit. I had to. I'm t- I can't tell you how many times I had to come in here and yell at these men who were pretending to work to get their shit oh, together. Yeah, right? Yeah. But what, what made you say, I'm going to make beer, DeAndre? Why, 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 why a brewery? Why Sears City? What made you? You went, that's like corporate job computers in like, I'm. Dirt. I mean, he was home brewing on the side. Oh. But yeah. before that, it was uh, when I first got my job, um, rewind just a little, when she was working in St. George, she was also, when she, what she was doing, I was um, contracting with them in IT also. Okay. So the same company Sarah was working with, I ended up eventually getting a job full time with them in Salt Lake. I gotcha. Um, and so while we were moving and transitioning from St. George to Salt Lake, I was living with our cousins or her cousin my cousin-in-law, and he took me to this brewery in Midville. Wasn't it? It was the it Irish pub. It was a pub. pub. It was yeah. an Irish pub in Midville, and it was a 10% stout. We were doing trivia, and it was a 10% stout. Never had a stout in my life, ever. This is 20... It was it was Budweiser, Bud Light. All, all, that's all, he ever, all the okay. beer he ever drank before that. Budweiser, Bud Light, and um, O.D. <laughs> yeah. Because this is what you're getting at the liquor stores, 8%. Yeah. So I'm not ashamed to say where I come from, but what I appreciate now is craft beer. Uh, but that was my intro to craft beer. It was a 10% stout. For the record, I don't like stouts. But it taught me and it showed me that there was more to beer than 8%. There was more to beer than maltiness. There was more to beer than the generic flavor you get all the time when you're drinking macro beer. Yeah. Do you so, remember where that stout came from? Oh, I wish I he could. He doesn't, yeah. I wish I could. A, an Irish bar in Midvale, huh? Yep. Oh. And it was attached to a gym. 
That was the weirdest in Irish pub. It's probably wait, still there. Wait, 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 I'm wait, sure wait. it's still there. It's, it's, it ain't uh, been that long ago. I think I know exactly. Anyway, we'll talk about this after this. Yeah. yeah. But that was the intro to it. And then you fast forward uh, to 2018. That was the intro. And in between there, yes, we homebrewed. We went to... Okay, because Bewildered and Cody, they always tell this story. Cody and Russ always tell this story because we were going and just checking out um, the homebrew supply store. Right. And then we're at home and DeAndre's like, you know what? I'm just going to jump to a, to a three barrel. I'm not going to do, do the, the five gallon because this is just how he rolls. It's go big, go Control, home. Send. He'll figure it, <laughs> That's yeah, it. He'll That's figure it. it all out. So we show up and I'm literally looking at Russ and Cody. I'm like please help. Like he, we cannot just go to a three barrel. Like he, we need to brew a home. And so I walk away and I'm like, maybe he'll listen to you. And so they, I don't, I think it was Russ that he was talking to. He was talking to Russ and he's like, listen, let's just get you going on a five gallon, get some to buy all this stuff. We try a couple of beers like that they had in the back. Um, I believe the first beer I tried and he can it was a version me. of their ESB. We had the first version of his ESB. Beautiful. I'm almost certain. He can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure we yeah. tasted it first. So, um, so yeah, he finally convinces him, and we buy just all the stuff to do our a five gallon batch. And what beer was it? God, it was. It was a. <laughs> it was a. It was a, <laughs> it was a strawberry. No, pe- it was a mango pale ale that we put like. I think we did like pureed mangoes in it. It wasn't perfect. Listen, <laughs> on the, on the grand scheme of things, the beer was a perfect beer because we had a tasting and we had. Um, it aged well. It aged well. We have four different styles of beer that we brewed and we uh, grabbed the same style of beer from the. I want to side note that Brian over Brian Best. Mm-hmm. So I worked with his wife. That's how we met. So they were at our tasting. They were involved knowing that we were coming to open our brewery before anybody. And so we've known Brian and Amanda for a long time. And so you can talk about where they came to our tasting. I even have pictures of like how we had it set up at our house for our first tasting. And our beer that was our nemesis was a brown at the beginning. We we didn't brew a brown here for probably a year because we had superstitions that it hated <laughs> it us. Yeah. <laughs> it hated us. And now now we we love dark beer, but, um, that was, we did that. We did the mango pale. God, why can I not remember? We won't talk about the anyway, other beers. Let's a, focus on this mango pale. <laughs> it's important to focus we on this We should make pill. that again. We should try to recreate it. So by far our best beer was the mango pale. Yeah. This is why. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> so we had a comparison. It was dead on. They taste the same. And... I'm not sure if it was a knock to the beer or an ode to it. Um, because we did mango and we didn't filter it, there were mango chunks and, and strings of mango all through the pale ale. But we tried it ahead of time, and it tastes fine. So, like, I'm going to let them try this anyway. So you're drinking it, and you got mango pieces in your teeth. It's <laughs> really unfiltered, <laughs> chewing on some stuff. That's homebrew. And oh, so yeah, homebrew. <laughs> and we had, we had a... Um, a sheet of just uh, what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it. Rate this beer. By far our best beer. Minus the, the mango puree. It was like, <laughs> this one was the best one. So at that moment, I was like, ah, I don't need to practice anymore. 
I'm done. Again. Time to this, open. And again. then we went to... <laughs> Shit. Yeah. No, this is, this, is a, this is after we went to Bewildered. And, or not, not Bewildered, but... Uh, Salt City uh, Brew yeah, Supply. Yeah, Salt City Brew Supply. Um, and it, <laughs> this is just how he rolls. Like, and it's great, but also stressful. <laughs> and so he's like, we're going to open a brewery. Okay, cool. Like now. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> and our first thought was, hey... We should just open it in Salt Lake. Um, let's just open it here, sell that, sell that. You know, funding is the hardest part of trying to start a brewery. Okay. It is, if you don't have experience, you don't have anything to back you, you don't have investors, you are shit out of luck trying to figure out funding. Lucky for us, we had a house and it had equity. And it was right when the housing market was starting to uh, crawl up, especially we lived in West Jordan in a really uh, great area. Okay. Um, and so we said, we sh- I'm going to be honest, we, we really regret that we, we did not waited. just open it in Salt Lake. We should have waited a yep. year. And then just opened it up in Salt Lake. But again, we like to rush. You but know? hindsight, I mean, yeah. how do you know? But, you know, Cedar City has been great for in the fact that we've been able to, like, figure out brewing and how to do it the best, most effective way and educating everybody down here on craft beer, which we still could have done up there. I think it was more so we, I was a little intimidated that. We were playing the safe. Yeah. we, we got, And yep. this is what I mentioned before. Don't play a safe. That first. Um, that's for thought in your head. That first. That first thought. Yeah. You have to jump to it because if you don't, that's the regret. The regret of not jumping to your first thought. And that's what I did my entire life. I always jumped in my first thought. And in that moment, because I was still unsure, I didn't take my first advice, which I always do. In that moment, I didn't. I was like, ah, I want to play it safe. I want to go where I can learn the process, which is good because it, it took us two years. And we still learn today, sure. period. Sure. But it took us two years of not knowing at all, not knowing the size, not knowing how much, not knowing the, the, the back end. Yeah. Of how to order the grain, how to get the yeast, how to get the hops, how much yeast, how much hops. That took us about the two years to learn that process. That's what this place has done for us. It allowed us to to educate ourselves right. by any means, whether it's YouTube, whether it's another brewery, whether it's a, a friend that you know that brews. I used a person that was in, in Colorado, um, and he was a three-barrel system it was grassroots. Uh, he had plastic fermenters. Give him a shout out. Uh, Brewery Ricoli hmm. in uh, Colorado. I can't remember the small city, but I will watch his videos on YouTube. And it was just clicking. Everything just made sense. Everything explained. I was like, I can do this. Just just keep watching the video. I literally went down rabbit holes of watching startups yeah. of how to open a brewery. Startups of... What it takes, uh, the ABCs of knowing what to do, pretty much. Um, but Brewery Ricoli, I, I messaged him. I messaged him one day, and I told him, I said, um, "Thank you. You don't even know it, but I was literally watching your videos, and this is how I opened." And they li- and he they talk to each we other. Still like talk he to still this day. he messages him, and he's a great guy to like like. Get feedback he's, from he's, yeah, advice. It's not, yeah, it's not like one where you reach out and they're just like, you never hear from him again, you know, or they never respond. Yeah. Like he was really respectful and being like, here, like he's really trying to help anybody who needs help in brewing. And that's just kind of, that's another thing that like, again, in Cedar City, you're so isolated 
from the brewing culture in Utah. Yeah. Um, and we don't have people that know how to install glycol chillers and glycol systems and CTO, uh, CO2 or anything to do with brewing right. that we have had to, or electrical, we've had to educate every single contractor that came in on how to install everything. And I'm, I'm going to say it again, thank God for YouTube, because that's how we learned how to install our glycol system and how to show our plumbers how to install it. Um, and the people that we got our glycol system from, um, they were great to help us in setting our entire system up. Cause when we got our new system, which we did upgrade two years ago, um, it was scary, you know, cause, but I love it. Oh man. It was so much more effective. Night, night and day. Yes. Oh, I bet. Night yes. and day. It's, cause, cause the original one, let's talk about that one real quick. <laughs> that one looked like, I don't know. It, a was, it was makeshift. It was makeshift. We had a contractor. And he, he definitely made it work. Our welder, yeah. Uh, Do you still have that machine, that the so, device? device? So, uh, which one? Our first Oh, one. Our, first yes. one. you mean yes. our vent hood? It's on, no, the, uh, the first uh, mash tun. Yes, it's, it's sitting behind it's our outside. trailer. That's right, you did say it's outside. Because you guys put, once you guys get bigger and bigger, it should be like a relic that you walk yeah, right. in and be like, the old days. We'll just have a museum. <laughs> if, yeah, if only people would know that, like. Because, yeah, it, we had to pretty much... That's he, humble beginnings. He didn't know how to create anything, and it wasn't perfect. So, I mean, after we got it made, we covered it with, like, the... Um, the insulation, insulation you get from Home Depot. Yeah, so it so looked a little better. It. But our mash tun, you pulled down. Oh, man, I cannot tell you how many times I had to crawl my ass into that mash tun to clean <laughs> and get everything out of it. This makes me so happy. always happened to me. Um, <laughs> and then when we finally got this one and you just opened the door, you're just scraping it out. I was like, did you take a video? I think you took a video of how happy I was. Just like, this is so great. Well, you know? beginnings. She it, literally did a dance. I have the video <laughs> on top of the and platform. And this will be posted with this episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got it. It can be, it can happen. But it was just, man, it just felt oh, like beautiful. when we got our system, because that was our goal. Three years, we're very goal oriented. Three years, we need to upgrade. Mm -hmm. Right. And when we finally were able to upgrade, and I want to give a huge shout out to Zions Bank. Um, we were struggling with trying to have our local banks give us any um, loans or because they don't know anything about craft beer. Another thing, you have to educate these right. banks that know nothing about craft beer. And so they don't believe in the, the money that it makes. And so that didn't work out. And then James over at the Black Chamber, he gave us a connection to Zion's Bank. And they took a chance on us and gave us a, our first loan. Let's rewind. Why you really gotta rewind quick. what I'm saying? No, no, rewind just a little bit. Before before <laughs> Zion, we went through State Bank. And I wanna make be very clear when I mention State Bank, the worst bank in Utah. Yes, they will they would not support us or understand. They made us jump through hoops. I mean, talk about racial they, profiling. They demeaned me at the very it end was, and we walked away. It Damn. was it was crazy. The great thing about Zion is they had a specific loan program going on that was for black businesses that after you would go through the SBA loan process, they would take a second look instead of just saying, nope, they had another program that was taking a second look more deeper into the financials of the business for specifically black businesses. That's important. Make sure like you that. have your profit and loss sheets. Make your sure balance you know, sheets, your balance everything. sheets. It's important. Just carry it over. From year one all the way to year three, because you need three years. They tell you two and a half, just fucking get the three years, right. and you're right there. But you guys didn't know how to run a business, right? I'm assuming. So we had no business experience, So this right? is, you guys, is like baby. Yeah. This so, brewery. So, I mean, this is, 
you know, other people like that may have a brewery, they may have another job and they may have, you know, they just may be an investor. Like this is literally what we do 24 seven. Like this is what provides for our kids. This is what provides for our family. And so, you know, we're, we're heavily invested in this space. We're here mainly seven days a week, you know? And so it's, it's definitely like, our heart and soul that we're pouring into it every but single day. But that's felt, like you were saying earlier, is when you come in here, this is a vibe. I mean, I'm not saying that because you guys are right in front of me. Like, this is, this is cool. This is legit. I remember the first time I was here, not knowing you, not knowing who I was, like vice versa. I'm like, I love this place. Like, this is my kind. Like, this is my neighborhood. This is a neighborhood brewery. It is. This is what it, it should is. be. Right? And the funny thing about it, not funny thing, but DeAndre, you were talking about, you came from a trash can, right? I mean... That thing was a trash can. The first thing you were mashing in. You shouldn't me. It was and it like, literally a trash can. And that's the thing is, you, look how far you've come. Because you guys opened the doors in 2018. You know, six years later, here we are. And your, your beer's getting bigger and better and sexier and awesome. Like, and those, those festivals you throw on, like you guys have the experience. Like, it's an uphill battle that you guys kind of chose for yourself. And yeah, because yeah. of that, though, you're going to become better brewers, better business owners, and, and better people. So I kind of like this. I, I love this. This is this is what I wanted, you know. So yeah, what- I I want to say like I don't want to like knock anybody, but I will say like we we have the most unique, like probably close to Logan and what they're dealing with, mm-hmm. and you know any other three barrel like brewery that's opening, but we have the most unique kind of situation going on. Yeah, because we're in a university town, but we're also in a town that doesn't really appreciate drinking. They're not big like drinkers that. here. And if they are, they know the Bud Lights and the yeah. Bud Lights, right? And, and it's kind of like in secret or after dark or, you know, it's just kind of those things. Oh. And, yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's kind of the vibe here. But, I mean, it's just – and so because of that, I'm here all the time. I, staffing is always an issue. Right. You know, like finding people to work in our brew house has always been an issue. Um, and so – those are the struggles that we don't have people like banging on our doors to be like, I want to learn how to brew. I want to learn how to brew. Hire me. Let me do the grunt work and figure it out. Like that's been the, then so we're brewing all the time still yeah. doing all the work in there. But to, to, uh, to give to that, we've, um, for example, we had a, a bartender that worked here. His name is Matt. Matt Value Peck. He at, works at, at Roja. Roja. At Roja. Mm-hmm. He, he does came, not want to touch the brew house. Let's be us. very clear. He did not want to touch the brew house, but we taught him everything he knew and knows about we being him. behind He's the beer, uh, being behind the bar, knowing about beer. And he was he was uh, in the Marines, so oh, I didn't know that. He's yes. also a veteran what? in the Marines, and when he got out, it was like a uh, wall of just I'm not an extrovert. Mm. Working with us, he is what he is today. Yeah, he just Damn. he can tell you that. He, yeah, he'll he tell just, you. I mean, he does. He he, he missed just that. he just blossomed like um being here. I miss him so much. He he's he was probably he's a sweetheart. He's probably one and of he's my favorites. He's having so much fun up there. Yeah, he and really I, is. And you're welcome, Roja. <laughs> but um no, they gained a valuable asset. Yeah, he yeah. he was great and we were sad to see him leave, but situations changed and yeah. he just had to go up north, but um and we like Brian worked for us for a little bit. Yeah. It didn't quite work out because we weren't quite ready for what we were doing. But Brian has always been like a super supporter of anything we're doing. If we have events up there, he comes right. and helps pour. Brian, is, that's my brother, man. Yeah, Brian's he's Brian a, and Amanda a, are great. He's ama- they both are. They're both are amazing human beings. Yeah, like you guys have had great human beings come through here. Yeah. So 
I mean, those guys are great, but again, they're all up in Northern Utah. Right. So, so what we're looking for, we're looking for the camaraderie of brewery. So how do you get that here? Can you get that here? Does that mean you have to go back up north? What does that mean? We don't know. No, I'm, no. I do know. He knows. I do know. I never Again, know. What's that voice saying? That voice has always told me to make sure I have op- an opportunity and options. Okay. So I feel like in Cedar, we've run the gambit. We run the wheel as far as what we could become here. Yeah. We run it so much that other other establishments watch us and see what we do. Yeah. And when they see it, they piggyback off of it. Mm-hmm. And reference, we are a grassroot brewery. We opened up with zero dollars. Um, Literally. Zero dollars. <laughs> and we stay open by the grace of God every day. And I wish people would understand that we're not just a bar. We're not a dive bar. We're not a biker bar. You're not a biker bar? We're not a biker bar. <laughs> yeah, Inside later. joke, sorry. Yeah, later. <laughs> we are literally a safe space. And this is what we are being told every day. We are a safe space for people that don't necessarily feel comfortable in Cedar City. We've always been that since day one. Whether your affiliation, whether your religious belief, whether your personal background, minority, minority background, um, gender background, every everything, clumped it up. That's what we have been for every single person, no matter what. Um, and that's the hard part. That's the hard part of like realizing that, as far as a business go, we've capped our potential. Mm. But as far as making sure a, a person has a safe space to come to, right. we live in for that every night. Yeah, Every day, every night, we live in for that next person that comes to Cedar City, just like I did. When I came here in 2006, I was, a, I was afraid. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. And so that's what our space is. It's for that person that moves to Cedar City that just don't quite have it. Or I think also what I hear all the time is when people walk into our place, they don't feel like they're in Cedar City Hmm. and they appreciate that. Hmm. They feel like they don't have the, again, I grew up here. I can say what I want about Southern Utah. (laughs) Okay. So it's just, it's a lot like Utah County. We'll just leave it at that. Right. They're their own entities of how they act and how they react. And religion is a hype, right? And I was born, I was raised Mormon until I left the church when I was 19. So again. Party in San Diego. Yeah. Again, (laughs) I can say what I want about both. Yeah. Right. But um, that is really heavy here because it's heavy here. People that move here, they're, it's just, it like suffocates them. So when they walk in here, so many people walk in, I talk to them for like two minutes. They're like, God, it feels so good in here. That's good. Like the music, the vibe. And so a lot of times that's what keeps us here. But like we were talking about earlier, we can't grow, right? We're stuck at like this peak of growth here. Um, Again, everyone is dealing with this across the country with breweries and commercial buildings, leasing commercial buildings and trying to figure that out. Like so many breweries have closed. So, you know, every brewery is struggling in some way or another. And I'm, I said this already. I was going to hit on the negative things, you know, that breweries are probably going through. Cause I feel like a lot of times on the show, everybody's just so hunky dory and great, which is great. 
But I want to know about who's struggling, who needs to conversate, who needs to talk, because people in the brewing industry have some real mental health problems. I'm just going to say that right now. Like we, especially when you're running a business, like you are just day to day. There's no support. There's no one to conversate with. You're just yourself trying to handle and function and, um, get everything finished day to day. That's a struggle for brewers also. You know, it's, it's a lot of work and a lot of pressure and a lot of stress to try to keep a to brewery, make it just a, brewery make a liquid and right. then run that right. brewery. Right. When that's, when that's all we want to really do hindsight, we want to make the best beer we can make, make possible. We want to make sure you enjoy it. And that's the problem we have all the time. It's like everything else is taken away from the main goal. And right. the main goal was just to make the best beer we just can make. make beer, man. That's take it. the drama out of it. Take, yeah. And you guys have that, that ethos here, right? So then, uh, what are you guys doing for that mental health? Cause you guys are struggling when it comes to like, obviously Cedar city isn't the kindest to you right now. It seems like it hasn't been, we've talked about I this would, multiple times. Yeah. I mean, it's been a so lot. Then, our uh, we can kid, sit our here kids and, have struggled. That's been a big part for us. Like we have two kids. Um, 16 and 12 yeah and they've struggled since we got here Mm -hmm. and so i'm not gonna say like oh it's you know our brewery we have a family right and our kids do come first that is the main reason we started this brewery is because we wanted to create that generational wealth that was not given to us for them to have an opportunity to have that i love that and so whether they decide to keep running the brewery or they decide to sell it and whatever they want to do in their lives and they have that money that's the main reason we keep, that's the only reason we keep going is to make sure our kids are taken care of. Miles, Olivia, you listen to this? Yeah, <laughs> they know this all the time, whether we say it in a good way or a bad way. You know, right. we remind them all the time that this is the reason that we're doing this and not saying that any other brewery is not doing that. Sure. I'm not, I'm not downplaying anything like that. Um, but I will say us in Utah owners are the only ones who have like minority children and so half, you know, black children. And it's different raising kids in Utah that are black, especially in an area like Cedar City. And again, I'm from here. I can say what I want. Um, They're not evolved. They don't want to evolve. And that's a problem. And again, that's why I ran for city council, because I, I, I wanted to be a part of helping that change and being a voice and being a opposite voice of what is just bland on the city council Mm -hmm. and it's just men, you know, um, and it's just whitewashed and that's kind of a a problem because then we're not being heard. So, um, that's, that's just a little bit of what we're dealing with. I mean, our kid, our son, especially, which he is excelling right now and killing it. But two years, he struggled Mm -hmm. to the point of, we didn't know what we were going to do. Yeah. And so those are kind of just like the back end things that we're dealing with trying to figure out. We have our business. We have to keep it running, but we have to keep our kids doing well so in the what, same facet. You guys are obviously pioneers in Cedar City when it comes to beer making. Pioneers. Right? By, pioneers. Uh, pioneers, right? That's, so what, what, what I hear what's going on, but what are you guys going to do about it? What are we going to do? That's just to be known. We know what we're going to do, but I'm not going to say what we're going to do right no, now. No, 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 no. JK. No. There we go. No. So that's the thing. No. So you guys know what we're, the next step then? Because this, we're, we're done. Like this is, 
We're definitely done. You get it. So, because I want to see this continue to go. Like, it's, you guys are barely scratching the surface, you know? That's it. And. I but, think, De- like, DeAndre is just, like, and I'm not saying this just because I'm his wife, but I didn't drink beer until he started brewing beer. Hmm. I never drank beer. I was wine and gin and tonics. And he's the one who got me into beer and now I love dark beer. Like right now I'm drinking your raspberry chocolate stout from Keto's and I love it. Oh, thank you. I love our dark hustle. I love coffee stouts. I'm not an IPA fan, but I try to evolve. Um, but wheat beers and those, I'm going to, I'm going to, I love craft beer now. Good. But I'm going to be honest. I love his craft beer. Right. If I go to other breweries, yeah, it's because you're the wife. I know. It's like I can't help but be partial. Dude. I'm like, I'm this like, is what I'm I was, not this sure. This is what I would say. <laughs> Give me all the tools. Sure. And this is what we didn't know at the beginning. This is what I was afraid of at the beginning. I didn't have all the tools. No, you did not. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the system. I didn't have um, a lot of the know-how. A lot of the know-how. Put me. With all the tools in the same environment with everyone yeah, else. Yeah, but you had the heart and the passion, DeAndre. That's what you, like, that. you and I bonded over that immediately. Like, you have that, and that's clear. And so, yeah, you can do it with a, a garbage sack and make beer out of it. Yeah. My, thing it, it my thing is, like, like, he, like, if, like he said, if he's given the chance to be in a bigger place, he'll slay with whatever beer that he makes. Um, and like we said, we want to get to that point where it's just focusing on beer. Yeah. Canning beer, making beer, different styles, getting it in, distributing. You know, every year we've been saying we're going to distribute, we're going to do this, but we don't have brew house help. And yeah. so that puts us by. And I know a lot of people, they see that inconsistency that we can't just provide to everybody. Yeah. Um, and that's difficult for us. But we just want to get to a point where it's just beer. Yeah. It's just and beer. beautiful. And you guys will if you continue this path because, look, I mean, let's just appreciate the past like you oh, guys yeah. are damn dude you know? i go i go and look at it and we look at i we look at pictures like i have videos that pop up of what our because when we got this building it was a shithole oh i want to see those photos Let's <laughs> oh, go. We'll, we'll show you so we actually have a, a video on our instagram and when he brought me here because we we're looking for buildings looking for buildings we're in a rush we got to find something and some lady in the community had found it that wasn't even for lease so the pawn shop right here there are landlords right. Um, cause again, we didn't want to buy anything yet. And so she was like, well, it's not for sale. It's not for lease, but I can talk to him. So I come in and it is just, it's been vacant for five years, what five, was six this years. Prior to? So this is a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> so the portion where you get the beer to go was AA. <laughs> yes. Are you hearing me? I will repeat that. It was Alcoholics Anonymous. Well, how the tables have yes. turned. <laughs> and then when we, and it, before that, so I grew up here. When I was growing up, it was an antique store. Okay. About 30 plus, 35 years ago. And then it was, people tell us it was like a place where they did like MMA fights and like random concerts and things like that in here. But when we got here, there was a pulpit and a stage and it was a Hispanic church. Green carpet, green yeah. stage. The pulpit sitting right there. And I was like, God is telling us. This is where we're meant to be. Oh, I love it. Except I said, when I walked in here, I said, ah, oh, hell no. <laughs> no way. But I saw this it though. Like, I, saw, I saw. You looked outside of it. You stepped back. But he always it. sees the vision. See, yeah. that's where we like our yin and yang, right? He always sees the vision. And I'm just like, no. But then once he helps me see that vision, 
and then I make it come, yeah, come to where it needs that. to be. Yeah. Um, but it was a, it was a shit show. I love it. But it just makes <laughs> it just adds to the story. Yeah. Adds to the rev- so, the, so where'd policy kings come from? Where, where, why PK? He always makes me tell the story. The I always kings. have Sarah tell the story because the story it sounds better. For me, I'm just clear cut. Yeah, but DeAndre, right now your voice sounds like radio heaven. I'm like sing me some songs. Midnight like, soul. At, yeah. At, You're with DeAndre tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but but I do, I just have because I worked in the tap room so much. Yeah, I have like down pat. It's yeah, down pat. I have it down to what I say to every customer that comes in. Okay, um, but but that, not to cut you off, but like the Key and Peele episode where he has his translator. His black so translator. I can only say so much. <laughs> I'm his and white I always translator. Need a translator. <laughs> he had a he had a black translator. I have a white translator. That makes me so actually, happy. Actually, actually, I I just found out that I'm 27% Middle Eastern through my ancestry. So oh boy, there you go. <laughs> Jeez, but that but is the, true because my my, bio, my biological dad was half Middle Eastern. Is what I found out, which was cool because I was excited because I was like, I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it. Anyway, but yeah, so I just give like a better rundown of it. So. You can tell like how you came up with the name because that's his own story. But the Policy Kings were an all uh, black group that brought the numbers game from Europe to the United States during Prohibition. When at the time, like the mobs had bootlegging on lock and they wouldn't allow them to bootleg. Okay. And so they started the numbers game, which is what gambling kind of. Um, so it was illegal, but they became millionaires. And During a time of Prohibition. Yeah. Okay. So Keep the 20s. And so... All everyone they would run numbers and all that money would go back into the black communities. Okay. And so everything at the time was black owned in Harlem, Chicago. Um, and so we just thought like we wanted to pay homage to just that entrepreneur spirit, whether it's illegal or what, um, when everything was black owned. And so we just he came up like across it and we were like, that's it. Like we gotta we gotta do it. And so sometimes the beers like our King's Colch that we put in cans. That has which I better get every single yes. time. <laughs> so I'll I'll get to this some stories on that, but that has Policy Sam on it, who was the godfather of the policy game. Oh, cool! So we pay homage to him on that can uh, because without him, there wouldn't have been the policy game. Um, and so that's kind of like the rundown of like how it came about. But yeah, that's what I tell people. And then all I the like time. the secret because I knew the original because you guys relabeled re uh, what do you call that right here. Yeah, so you have the new one. DeAndre, you have the old one. I like that one because it has the hat. It has the card. If I remember, it's the 777. 7-Eleven. And that was... I'll let you tell that. Uh, Our 7-Eleven. It's two things. It's two things. Do you remember? So our So our our kids were that age when we started it. We're 7 and 11. Yep. Um, His his, uh, month Month that he was born was... July. July, mine's November. So seven eleven. I'm a Leo. You're not. We talked about this. Yeah. I'm a Scorpio. Cancers. Okay. <laughs> That's all that matters. I'm running things. I'm the Scorpio. Right. So here. that Seven Eleven <laughs> was. It was so important for us. Like we got to get that in the hat because if anybody knows, and anybody that didn't know, well, that's what that number is for. My kids are always know. So I always make sure we keep that around. It's it's important. It's important for our right, kids. Right, but. On they, the new one, it's they not. helped come up with this. Gotcha. We right. designed it. The kids literally the designed it. So I you see that. the numbers, ones, okay. right here. You still have the numbers. Then you have the can tab. 
Um, we just had to, and then the crown, we threw it in there. Yeah. But I mean, everyone has to evolve and rebrand sure. and things like that. And we wanted to hold on to our old um, logo, but we also wanted to redo our can labels and we needed to get a label that would look appealing on a can label sure. also that people would really look at and recognize that it's beer. I mean, you can still have both, right? Yeah, you can do both. So like we still have some, uh, what are they called? Glassware that has like our old vintage label. Yeah, I love it. Cause you got the logo. hat and the martini yeah. glass, uh, martini glass, uh, yep. beer. goblet looking thing. And the goblet. Yeah. I love that one. That one's OG. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. I just, I, I, I didn't even realize that we were in the, the opposite <laughs> logos today. <laughs> This has definitely been my hoodie of yes. choice yeah. for a long time. Yep. So. <laughs> I want to see you in one of those hats. So bad. He has one. I have a big head. You should have so worn it. It's kind of hard <laughs> to make sure. Same. But I have a hat though. I, have <laughs> I don't. I don't have to worry about that. But um, yeah, that's the that's the fun part that. about it. So yeah, I love I love the Policy Kings name. Like it's so cool. PK. So I call you guys as you know PK all the time. PK. PK. We get PK. PK. We get Policy. Yeah, a lot of people in town, the younger kids, they call it Policy. policy. Are you going to Policy tonight? You going to Policy? I mean, oh, really? Yeah. Man, that's like too many syllables. PK. I know, right? <laughs> Just PK, guys. Just PK. PK. <laughs> I but love I, it. But I feel like um, to bring it back around beer, like no matter of our um, journey through beer, beer and brewing and uh, what we go through, like beer has been something special for us. Beer has uh, taught me patience. Because without patience in brewing, it, uh, it, just a lot of heartache from it. Um, this is different. This is like, if we're talking about just like um, the other side of brewing, like, yeah, we see the, the glamour of it on the outside. And everyone, everyone sees the glamour. But behind brewing, like, because we're family owned, I think that's what uh, drives us a lot. Because we're family owned, it teaches us so much more than just, oh, let me pour this 16 ounce glass for you. Let me teach you what this style of beer is. Beer for us is um, an outlet for me. Um, it's a, an extension for my son. Um, it's just family. It's family. Mm. Like it's family. Like we're really trying to like make it to where it lasts long enough. Yeah. To where it could be beneficial for someone else, my my legacy, my grandkids. Yeah, um, that's important. Like, um, it's just I think really it's like I think everybody you have most people when they start a business they have something that they're doing it for. Yeah, they have a reason. Um, I mean, when you're a parent, like anyone that's going to be listening, when you're a parent, like you're always just doing things, whether you're at a regular corporate job or you're staying at home with your kids and raising them and raising kids in this world is insane, especially teenagers. Like you're always doing something to try to teach them how to be great adults Yeah. and to be like successful adults and just nice people. Yeah. <laughs> that's in, like the in, main... in this hard world. Yeah. And yeah. just nice, respectful, great people. And like every time, and our kids, it's been so fun. Like, they get invested. Like sometimes our son will be down in our brew house and I'll, and I'll be training somebody and I'll walk out and I'll come back and I'll be like, Oh, I had to show him how to not do this and put this at a certain point. And he was like, I know more than your employees. 
And I'm like, well, yeah, you're here all the time. Yeah. You We're know? doing something right. Yeah. And I was, that's what that is. Yeah, yeah. And they, and sometimes, sometimes they hate the business because sometimes it pushes them to the back burner mm. and sometimes they, they have to take the back seat. But most of the time, like we have our beer festivals and they love you, David. Hmm. Like they were like, oh, David's going to be there. They were so upset when it, you were here last, last beer fest because it was your birthday. They were like, what? David's not going to be here? I'm like, sorry. It's just us, you know, like, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. And eight other breweries, you yeah. know, like, um, so like that, it just, it's kind of got them invested in it. Like they like to smell, they'll like smell the beer and they'll yeah. kind of start to try to like appreciate it and just get to know it and things like that. And so that's kind of the exciting part because you do have this whole subset of young people. They're going to be growing up that you want to get involved in beer, Yeah, you know, and that's exciting, but you have to wait, but you know, it's like you got this whole other class of people that are going to turn 21 that you want to get involved in craft beer. Yeah. And that is something that we do slowly, you know, with different styles of beer. And the, the really fun part about being small is that we get to experiment so much. Yeah. And we get to, you know, DeAndre's always trying to figure out a fun new beer. Like we just ran out of our blood moon. Most popular sour we've ever made. A prickly pear hibiscus blood moon came out ruby red. Oh my God. It was fucking amazing. Um, so we just ran out of that one and it fire. Like everyone loved it. That's the fun part is like, we have another beer. We're going to seltzers too. You know, we had to start integrating hard seltzers for yeah. all of our gluten intolerant friends. And then people that just don't really love beer. And we're always doing a different flavor. And that's just the fun part of it. You know, like it's not all doom and gloom, you know, like it is fun when we can get past that doom and gloom. And we get in, into like our vibe of like tomorrow, we're getting ready to brew an IPA next week. We're going to be doing a new hard seltzer and it's going to, we're going to kind of take like a spin on like a twisted tea hard seltzer. Right. I love that. And so we're going to start, we're going to do that and think it'll just, it'll kill down here. Um, like we have to brew different beers based on the people in the community that we have down here versus maybe what they're brewing up in Northern Utah. Sure. Um, because you know, we always have to have one style of something on there okay. and then we'll throw some other fun ones like the smoky. That was our first time doing like a Roush beer. And I was pretty proud of it for the first time ever doing it. Like we were worried how smoky it was going to be, if it wasn't going to be smoky enough or all those things. And it just came out like super cool. And that's the fun part is I don't know these beers. DeAndre knows these beers. We're brewing them. We have to research them. Yeah. We we're br we're them. brewing them and putting them on tap. And I was like, wow, I've, I've never tried a beer like this. And then I drink it and I was like, fuck yeah, I love it. You know, but that's kind of what happens down here is we don't, they don't have access to all these beers. So we're constantly having to make. Again, the pioneers. Yep. So many different really styles. Are. I mean, we're the good pioneers of Utah, the beer pioneers of Southern Utah. Um, anyway, so that's the fun part. Of, and then the yourmom.com, the Goza, we'd never made a Goza. And that was our first time too. So like trying to figure out that we're going to get like salt profile right. Is the, the flavor going to come out? You know, yeah. all that fun stuff. Like, that's It's fun. fun. But that, that's, that's, the, that's the craft in it. Yeah. Like you can, if, once you know the skills and if you got the tools, you can make any style you want. Like, let's go. I love that. I love going back and say, let's make that today. I miss that. You know, the whole, um, no more 
smaller batch beers. You know, the privacy of like, I can just make burn and turn these beers real quick. Yeah, you're not like, and it's hard because when you're working for a brewery that's a lo- that's bigger and more structured like Keto's, you know, they've got their structured beers and you have to get your cans out and right. things like that. But when we're smaller, like Chapel and I think um, Prodigy Helper. is smaller. Helper. Prodigy. Prodigy offs- small. Offset, you know, things like yeah. that. Like we still have the advantage of being able to make these smaller batches yeah. and be a little more experimental um, and like we made the cucumber lime lager this summer <laughs> and I had to hand juice all these goddamn cucumbers. <laughs> I love these backstories. <laughs> this is my favorite. <laughs> I was running those uh, freaking cucumbers through the juicer. In the I was kitchen. Like, in the kitchen. In our kitchen. I'm like, fuck this shit. You peel them all and then you got to juice them, juice. But just FYI, you get a lot of juice from one cucumber. Boom. But you had to juice it all. And then you're like, crap, like, how do you know? If enough is enough. Yeah. You know, you just, you just throw it in there and you see what happens. And then you try again the next time. Yep. Like that second batch, I always feel like is better than the first batch. Yeah. So we're going to, we'll make it again because it's a good summer beer. Um, People loved that beer. It will is a love or hate. Yeah. Tastes like pickles. Well, it's cucumbers. I don't, you realize those are the same thing, you know, (laughs) by the way, (laughs) by the way, (laughs) that's how you get pickles. But, um, People, I mean, love that beer. Yeah. People would rim it with tahini and add a lime on it. That shit was fire this summer. Yeah. And so we've been lucky enough that we make these small batches that yeah. we're pretty lucky that most of them, I'd say 90% of them do come out how we want them to. Yeah. And if not, you know, try again. Yeah. That's then the cool you just thing. make it again and you hope yeah. for the best. But that's, I think that's the fun part. Yeah. But I, but I think this year and uh, moving forward, we want to do more collabs. I don't think we've done enough at all. We just did with Utah. That was like our, our first, literally only like brew collab. And so I, I want to make that our focus moving forward. Okay. Uh, because we do have plans. And so I think that's the next step in our plans is to make sure we're collabing with breweries up north, uh, the breweries down here. And um, just building relationships and like, like it's hard because we're so busy. We self-isolate almost because yeah. we just get so consumed in the day-to-day of what we're doing that we forget that, hey. We are a part of yeah. a community. Like <laughs> you guys we know are. these brewers I mean, and we know the breweries. You can put time and distance between us, but, uh, you know, home is where the heart is. I mean, wherever, I, wherever I'm sitting at, you guys are always welcome. You understand that. So it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, it doesn't. So yeah, like, we know that. It sucks because sometimes, yeah, I mean, I had a drive. Holly and I had a drive here a few hours. So fucking what? It's a great time. I'll do it again. I'll do it again next week, right? It's just, you guys are worth it. And, and, Appreciate it. And you guys are, you can always hit me up and tell you since day one. If you need some malt or some yeast, hit me up. or I'll, find, I'll figure out a way to get down to you. And that's where that community you guys are a part of. And sometimes you, it's forgotten because of that distance. It but is. that's why every time I get a chance, I'm like, PK this, PK that. Because just because you guys are far away, they're far away, get your ass. If you're going to Vegas, there's your excuse to stop by. Mm-hmm. Like when I tell them, you're going to Moab, stop at Helper. It's not so, that far. So for the uh, CBC, um, Chad and uh, a couple of the breweries are going to be coming down that Sunday. In April. Um, in April. Yeah. Uh, he messaged me uh Yesterday, I think I was like, "Of course, yeah, bring them down." I'm not going to CBC though, but um, yeah, I ain't paying that money. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely come down because it is the opportunity, and this is what we do forget all the time between me and Sarah. We are accepted in the beer community. We just forget all the time how much we are accepted, um, and so we have to like. Even when I get in my mode, I have to like be like, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not texting back. Like that's just my mode. I don't like texting. 
I don't like talking on the phone. I do way better talking to the person in person. Yeah. I just hate using the phone by default. I learned that. That's I, why he gives my number to everybody. No. Literally. My phone, does, <laughs> my number does not exist. And with some, true story, it's a good friend of mine that comes in uh, to PK. Uh, he's uh, the soccer coach for SUU. Uh, one day he gave this lady my number. Uh, that her daughter uh, is on the soccer team. Oh my god! And he gave her my number, and she called me thinking like the same reception she was gonna get from the coach that she was gonna get from me. Oh, we're coming in, and I want to uh, open a tab, and I want to talk to you. And how the how the fuck did you get my number? That was my first words to her. How did you get my number? And she was stood back a little, and I, I tried to explain to her, my number does not exist. It's not to the public. So why are you calling me? Yeah. And it's not personal. I grew up, my grandmother hated being on the phone. I, I, I definitely grabbed that from her. And plus, it's the lost art. It's like everyone, it's, it's so easy to call you, to yeah. text you. Mm-hmm. But we, we don't come in. We don't talk to you. We don't show up when you need it. Yeah. So I really hate the phone. I hate texting because uh, just come see me. Yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. And that's where that comes from. But then I take it another level of just disgust. I don't like talking. I don't like texting. I don't like doing any of those yeah, things. Yeah, but if you need something, you need to be talking to me. You, you need know? Be, you I know. get it. I get yeah, it. I get you. I get it. But we do better in our actual mm-hmm. environment. Yeah. And that's what I appreciate more than the text message. Yeah. So I won't even answer. So I'll look at it, and depending on who it is, <laughs> if it ain't the right person. And the right time. And the right time, <laughs> I won't even respond back to it. I will not. And it's not personal. It's because I hate it. I just hate the cell phone. I hate texting. That says the IT guy. The I, I hate, Listen, I hate Don't computers. Don't you know IT guys are like super introverts? They're just sitting on the computer. They're You're not, not sitting. You're not introverted, DeAndre. Yes, he's a little. <laughs> Man, I'm the, the. I don't know what the, version you know of him. <laughs> the definition of an introvert. And I hate computers equally, too. Sit tight. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Shout out to our sponsor, Sugar House Distillery. Handcrafted from grain to glass. Sugar House has been grinding for years to bring us products that are quality over quantity. Just to name a few, their single malt whiskey, rye whiskey, which is our weekday jam, their Boilermaker series, which is a rotating collab within our family, and their canned cocktails, which are so damn good and great for any to-go adventures you have this year. Located in most liquor stores across Utah, or just head over to the distillery located on 22nd 12 South, West Temple, Monday through Friday, tell them we sent you, and they'd love to give you a tour and possible tasting. When you think Sugar House Distillery, think local and made with love. Until the next spirit, my friends. Shout out to our sponsors, Clearwater Distilling. Utah County's only distillery is turning heads and quickly making a name for themselves. From whiskey to vodka, their unique innovation transforms the norm with incredible products like their Rene Ramagnac, which is an aged French Armagnac with an American rye whiskey twist. Literally one of our favorite showcasers. Or their Scandalous, which is not like Fireball. It's an actual whiskey with quality cinnamon without any sugary taste. Also, Clearwater teams up to do a monthly cigar pairing where you come and get educated on how to properly smoke a cigar while pairing with Clearwater's lovely spirits. For more information, head to clearwaterdistilling.com 
hit them up on all social media platforms, or just message us and we'll get you started on the right path. Open seven days a week, even on holidays. Clear water is a must. See you there. Until the next spirits, my friends. But I'm glad that when they're coming through, though, you're going to be here. And, and that's that community. Like Chad's helping. Chad's one of the biggest proprietary. Like He's the shout. He's, he's the OG of just bringing community in Salt Lake. And the fact that he's bringing like a caravan, just people and breweries here that Sunday is huge. Chad that's is Chad, my brother, man. That's what Chad does. When we first started out, like, he was, again, he was the he first was a, brewery he was that the came very to our first beer fest. Brewery to come to our beer fest. He was the very first person that I was able to sit down with and have a conversation with. Ah, I love he that. He was the very first person that um, just understood. And a lot of, a lot of, a lot of circumstances. And not to knock to anyone, just a lot of circumstances where we just didn't get the welcoming at the very beginning out the gate. I won't talk about who they are, sure. but we didn't get that welcoming. But he was the opposite. And he's always been, you know what I'm saying, a special person for PK and, and you know what I'm saying, the Rangels. But, wow. If I Outside of you. Yeah, we knew Chad first. Oh, Chad yeah. was the first one. Yeah. And both of you, both of you guys are like, uh, in, in my book, neck and neck as far as, you know what I'm saying, being able to appreciate who we are individually, uh, being able to see what we do outside of. Well, and more so just like appreciate, you know, and um, that's just, I don't know, well, our first Bear Fest we had, we had only four breweries. Yeah, we had four breweries that come down. And it was Zion, Roja, and Hopkins. And like, again, they'd never had a beer festival down here. And we were like, we need to do it. Again, pioneering every single thing that they have down here, we have to create. could be exhaustive at times, but also exciting. And so this last beer fest we had, which it wasn't our best beer fest, but... You had a DeLorean, for Christ's sake. We sakes. did, but no one appreciated it. Anyway, Ugh. that's a side note. Um, we had eight breweries. That's awesome. Right? So when, I, when we went to the collab fest with the Brewers Guild... Yeah. I said, you know what? I'm going to go build relationships with everybody. And anybody who's listening to this, I went and talked to their table. And I was like, hey, I'm so-and-so. I even went and snatched a shirt from Chad because I was like started sweating in my shirt. And I was like, hey, I need another shirt. I'm sweating <laughs> through this one. Um, his Saison, the Saison shirt that has the rainbow on it anyway. I yeah. love it. But also because we don't have the tools and the name, it doesn't matter what beer fest we go to, what event we partner or collab or take over. It's hard. Initially, everyone is like, "Well, if it's Policy Kings and Utah, that was that's who we collab with." Right. Which we love, Brett and Chris. Yes. Yeah. And we had our beer, and they had their beer. At the beginning of that um, beer fest, everyone would go to Utah. Hmm. They would walk up to. I wasn't there. I had a bartender at I the was time, there. and Sarah was there, and Olivia was there. They would walk up to us and go over to Utah. Hmm. They walk up to us, go over to Utah, and then there would be some that come over and be like, "Well, Chris was like, finally, I was like, we have the the collab beer with us. Like they didn't have it. Said you got to tell them they have to come over here. Once they did, our the collab beer sold out first. The collab beer was gone. Yeah, it was I remember, gone instantly. The most complaint I got from that event was I didn't get a chance to try the PK collab because yeah. yeah. it was yeah. it flew. And so that I love that too. Like whenever we send our beers. Up gone, to Northern gone, Utah. Gone. If you don't go and get that them. That green tea one? Yeah. Gone. Yeah, we're going to make that again. That oh, shit was gone. fire. People ask for that all the time. But 
Um, they they got to trust us. Yeah. They, they got to learn to trust us. We're not the big name brewery. And we'll no. never be the big name brewery, no matter where we are in the United States. Yeah. Because we only make up less than 1% of black-owned breweries in the U.S. Hmm. So think of what we are competing against. Every other brewery that has a big name, uh, they have the tools, they have the funds. So literally when they see our name, they're not seeing the, the glamour. They're not seeing hmm. the, the rich name behind it. Sure. You really got to trust that if we put in a beer in front of you, it's fucking good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> see, that's the thing is, I don't see that. That's why when you guys tell me that it's real, but like, I don't, I don't think that way. It's weird. Well, that's the know. difference. We know each other. Yeah. Like, we have a relationship, but if you're just talking about a customer, just a customer that's going into a place to drink a beer, gotcha. if you have a Keto's beer and a Fisher beer and a TF beer and you have Policy Kinks. They're going to drink they're all gonna the policy. The, I gonna, mean, they're going to drink all the keto, all the TF beer, all the Fisher beer. And then they'll drink policy. Be like, this shit was fire. Ours. Yeah. Mm. They'll be like, this shit was fire. But so right now we're sending a keg with you yeah. of our King's Kolsch. Thank God. Don't wait. Don't wait. Yeah. Drink And you. so that'll be at Keto's on tap. And then we're sending a beer of our Predators and Kings, our brand new like Amber L that's fire. That's going up to Utah. They won't have it on tap quite yet. Right. They got to wait for a line to open up. But like we, I... I love Brett. They, he was so fun to brew with. Like it was fun. Isn't he the nicest yes, guy he's ever? He's so cool. And then Chris was at the collab fest, and he and his guy. his daughter like adored my daughter Olivia. Like sh- they were hand in hand the entire time, love hanging it. out. Um, so that that was a, I love that collab fest. It was a lot of fun, and we almost talked ourselves out of going because we do that a lot. Because we we're, do, we do. And it's <laughs> mainly me. I blame, mainly I blame him, and that's fine. You don't gotta go then. But I expect you guys he's to going. be. Uh, and DeAndre, you need to be met. Like people need to know you. You need to make, build those relationships because you are that important. I think you are just as important to PKS areas as this entire. You're the family. This is a family business. So why is not the patriarch there to support and show off? Like you need to be there. I think you so because this is be this is your passion, man. Like I'm gonna make you. I ain't going if you're not going. Like you have to go. I'll drop him off. <laughs> I'll pick your ass. I'll come down here, pick you up in the Prius, and take you back up. The Prius gets great gas mileage. And I know so the I goal <laughs> is. That's our goal. Our goal is to I'm be more to visible. Okay. Our goal is no, to... Our goal is for DeAndre to be more visible. See, when we started our business, our idea was, I'm from here. I'll be the voice and the, and the person that kind of does everything. In some ways, it backfired because I'm a little bit of a bitch. Okay. Okay. So I don't take shit from anybody. I kind of have a little bit of an attitude. I'm a strong woman. I'm a Scorpio. I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> I did say on a politic. <laughs> uh, sorry, not sorry. Like, um, but I'm also, I know how to put on a face. I know how to put on like the fake face. I was raised Mormon. I know how to put on the fake face and have a conversation with anybody that we talk to. Yeah. But because of that, it almost made it so DeAndre didn't exist. And so when we go out and about, people don't talk to him. They don't try to have conversations. Let's be you know? very clear. And so, they don't talk to me because I don't want to talk to that you. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Uh, if, De- if DeAndre talks to you. I make you talk to me. He really, appre- <laughs> he really appreciates you. Get a beer or two in him. It's great. I, I had to slow down a second. I think it was the 8.5 that did it. I could feel myself just uh, slurring just a little. I was like, stop. Stop right now. It wouldn't be a great taste, Masters, if we didn't get a little tasty. I mean, you did. You know? I mean, these beers are good, by the way. I do like the smoky. 
I really do. I like that one. And the how's King the, Kolsch. How's the yourmom.com? How is the mom.com? Holly's drinking yourmom.com. Named by Olivia. Yes, by our 12-year-old daughter. Yeah, shout out to Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> shout out it. to Olivia. I love it. No, but... Going forward, I know I like these goals for you guys because you guys are, are goal driven, goal oriented. What else? What else do you see PK being in two, three, four, five years? Two, two years. Two uh, years. I read. I got this. Uh, this was last year. It was a fortune, not not the one you get from uh, Panda. It was a fortune that I was actually reading, and it was talking about um, my uh, astrology numbers, and it was telling me. Uh, in 20, 2025, there was going to be a choice that I needed to make, whether it was a good thing or a bad thing, and it would impact my family or the things we're doing. So in 2025, our goal is to already be where we are. Where we're going to, yeah, where, where we're going to be. In 2024. So our goal has been that this year. In 2025, our goal is to be um, where we're celebrated. I love that for you. And that's our goal. So, yeah. I, so. I just want to say it's not really like, <clears throat> I don't really have a problem with like not being celebrated. I'm a woman. I'm just kidding. God. <laughs> anyway, but I have a problem with like the brains behind this business, the passion behind this business. And like, again, he's my husband. And so I, I just get so frustrated that he is just not like massively celebrated and appreciated for the, what he has literally just from the bottom, like brought to craft beer, like thankfully for Zion, we already had craft beer here mm. when we got here and we opened and then silver reef, which has been great. And then strap tanks open in their location, which is cool. Um, I mean, they're more of a restaurant, but they're still going to have uh, craft beer down there. And so, but it's taken six years for another space to open down here. And so I just want, like, I want him to be celebrated aside from our business. Like I want yeah. him to be like valued and celebrated and just like respected for like the beer and like the passion he puts into it. Um, and that is the wife speaking. Yeah. So get your asses, get <laughs> yeah. your literal ass yeah. in front of people and get your beer in front of people. Yeah. That's, That's our goal. That's Good. our goal to share. I will, I will say one goal that we're working on. So um, we've been working with the state to, uh, which is really exciting because to get our beer in, in liquor stores. So before when you would want to put your beer in liquor stores, mm -hmm. you couldn't choose. You'd just be like, well, you put it up north and they put it wherever they want. Now, which is great, you can choose. So I can choose to put my beer in our liquor store down here. Mm -hmm. Maybe one or two up in Salt Lake. So the first beer that we want to put is our King's Kolsch. So we're going to, it is our goal. I'm not going to give you a date. I'm not going to give you a specific time it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's our goal to get it in the liquor stores in the that. near future. So we'll pick a couple up north and then we'll pick the two that we have down here so people can have access Good. to go and get the beer. Good. I love that. I do love you guys. Thank you for being able to just be welcoming for me and Holly to be here. And ever since I've walked into these doors, thanks for always being there. Thanks for sharing that same passion and that like three fucks given. Like, thank yeah. you. And the humble beginnings is a real thing. And I hear you and I see you and I hope the best for you. So whatever I can do, whatever power I have, I don't have no power, but as, as a, cute little curly head podcaster or a brewer like you gotta let me know because i'm not just that i'm a friend of yours and i love you guys so much <laughs> i think as we're like as we start to kind of because of course 
we're not going to give out like what our plans are, but as we start getting closer to that and we, and we, we get things hashed out. I don't like to give any information until we know for sure, like this is going to happen. I think the biggest thing is like when we reach out to you, mm -hmm. show the support. Yeah, like when cool. we're saying, Hey, we need this from you. We need you to do this. Can so we get, can that, we get this from you? That's a big thing. Yeah. In our, in our um, journey. Like, just like I said, of being visible, um, being able to have our beer accessible, um, showing face. Our next goal is to literally uh, reach out to breweries and I'm excited. Build um, a more personal relationship rather yeah. than just oh we're PK. Um, we're so much more than that. Yeah, you are. We're so much more than yeah, just PK. Are. Like it's a lot. Um, we're like really cool badass people. Says the wife. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe ba I'm just talking about me. That's definitely the point. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's our goal. Our goal is to do what we didn't do our first five years, our first going into our six years of six operating. Years, our, our next however many years that we can keep it running is to literally build the bridge that we didn't burn any bridges. Let's be very clear. I want to keep building the bridge to where it's stronger and it's building a, a stronger foundation for us, our kids, the brewery, the beer scene, uh, the connection between Cedar City and up north, the connection between Cedar City, because we have some really good brewing friends that are in, uh, in Las Vegas. Um, we need to keep connecting. Uh, and that's the part where Sarah was talking about, like, um, um, being recognized. Yeah. Um, the recognition that, that I only look for is um, the next brewery, the next brewer, um, knowing that we all do the same thing. Yeah. Like we all started at the same level as far as home brewing. And that is the base, that is the, the foundation of being, whether it's production or whether it's a pub, a tap room, doesn't matter. We all start with just making a beer product and we try to push it out there and see if someone is going to catch on and enjoy it and like yeah. it. Uh, that's what I want to do. I want to keep building that because the foundation of where we all come from, no one is any greater than the next person. We all sit on the same platform when it comes to talking about beer. Because I feel like I can talk about beer all day if it was around the right people. Amen. Yeah. So that's what we want to build that we didn't build from day one. We didn't reach out as much as we should have. We didn't talk to the more, talk to the breweries that are down here. We didn't reach out to all the breweries up north. We have to, and this is part of that pioneer part. We have to like keep uh, bridging the gap. We're always bridging the gap between beer and brewery and bar and tap room and pub. We're down here. We have to bridge the gap all the time, and so that part. That's where it becomes the most frustrating. That's that's what stops us because we stop the bridge because the bridge, like you got to go out there with your hammer and nail and you have to really just put it together. You mm -hmm. have to keep on adding, whether it's wood or, or steel across the, you know, send that platform to yeah. make that bridge connect. That's the part that has been the hardest for us to be like, shit, I'm, I'm halfway through this bridge. Is it, is it working? It's not is it stable? It's finished because yeah. you get too tired. Yeah. Yeah. So we have never been able to finish that bridge mm -hmm. across the board. And that's what I want. When people listen to uh, your show, I want them to know, like, we are down here as a brewery, as a brewer, as a family-owned business. Um, 
The only disconnect, and I want to address, and we always talk about it uh, when we're home, the only disconnect we have, and this is across the board, this is not personal for any um, any um, establishment in the beer industry, but we are not a part of the Brewers Association. We're not a part of the Guild. We're not a part of the just started up the Black Brewers uh, Association. Association. Um, because we just, first, we're isolated. And so none of it ever benefits us across mm. the board. That's the very first. It's not personal. I just don't feel like I'm gaining anything from sure. it. Um, and second is just the experiences we've had with the Guild, the Brewers Association. The Guild is great now. This is past. This is before COVID. Yeah. It's pre-COVID. Um, we had a really bad experience with the Guild at that time. And the Brewers Association. And the Brewers Association. And it feels like we're alienating ourselves from this, these entities. But like I told you earlier, I've, I tend to hold a grudge against enemies. Mm-hmm. And they were enemies at the beginning. And I don't let them go. I don't hold on to it to where I'm constantly going out of my way to make sure I keep it. I just don't care about it. I don't think about it. But at times, it still just it, it festers and be like, shit, when, we should be a part the, of it. when they reached out for the collab fest yeah our first reaction was should we or do we have time it's summer can we can we make it work and then we just sat there and said we got to do it like i'm so glad you did we got it but we only did it for only one reason and um only one reason and we didn't notice and i'm pretty sure you mentioned it to me in the text message you like there's there's another black owned business, a black owned brewery. Yeah, we had no I'm idea. I'm like, who the fuck are you talking about? We're the only one. And I wish they would step out of the uncomfortableness and and showcase Same. because they don't. Because I would have never known until we knew. And and, and I honestly I honestly did not believe that Utah was black owned until I met his wife. It, and she's beautiful. She's, the best. she's amazing. Oh my god. Kids are gorgeous, so freaking cute. And I was just like it, you got to step outside we, we of We can't be mm-hmm. showcasing that we're black owned and then you don't know until you have to scroll through so many pictures and of I you found talk, her. And then I was we like, found her. I see her. She's a doctor. <laughs> She's on a fit. Yeah. She's educated. She's a, She's a black woman. She's so of fun. Of course I got to do this collaboration. Uh-huh. No matter what. And when we when I saw that I told Sarah I was like, "Look. She was right there. They got to showcase that because it's important. Representation is is just as important as being a brewery in the state of Utah. Yeah. Representation means that people like us, people that look like me, that look like Utah, has a place yeah. in the beer industry. You're right. And I want to stress, we're not even the 1%. It's like point zero four something. We're not even the 1% in, in the beer industry. So it's important for her to step out of her comfort zone yeah. and say, yes, we are black-owned because my wife, my husband – is is this mm-hmm. and um we look for that everywhere we go we look for the representation that's important for us because that tells me how accepted i am mm-hmm. and so there's more breweries there's there's more black owned breweries in the state of you know what i'm saying in, in the united states because of that um we got to keep growing that we're, we're just not big enough yeah and so that that's what goes back to the when they see us we just don't have the name we just don't have the the yeah. the uh, mystique about it. But I'm glad you're getting out there and, and being yeah. seen, though. Yeah, it was like, okay, we're just going to have to do it. You know, get, we yeah. had to get out of our comfort zone. I'm so glad you did. And then he was like, well, we'll come down. And they were like, cool, we'll be in our own environment. And then we we're like, shit, 
like someone's coming down to brew like on our system and Brett no one's down. been down yeah Brett came yeah. down um we were we were nervous as hell it too. was such a it great was so it was ner- such a fucking easy <laughs> great brew day because we did have a brew house assistant at that time he came in yeah. and we were like get all this work done yeah. and Brett was like well this is interesting because usually they just make me do all the work and I was like oh no that's not how it works here <laughs> I was like it's either me doing the work or we got a brew house assistant doing it and so it was it was nice and then we got to know somebody and we got to talk about beer and then we built a relationship with Brett and with the owners and then we met both of the owners at the collab fest um, oh, and then again oh, yeah God. and then I just went and just Talk to everybody, and the biggest you did. You were a little bumblebee that day. I was because I knew I needed as to soon go as your beard build relationships. And also gone. You yep. just left. Well, where did Sarah I go? I was everywhere. I texted you. Where the hell are you? <laughs> Don't Irish goodbye me. By the way, Sorry. next time you Irish goodbye me. Ooh. Sorry, I was ready. I had to get home. We had to drive back, right. and so like I went. And the, my biggest one is like I had Fisher sit next to us. Okay, yeah. I went to school with Tim. Oh, did you really? Yes, we both went oh, to Parowan. Cool. Shout out to Parowan, Tim. Shout out Parowan. Parowan Rams. He's a year older than me. So forever I've been trying to connect with Fisher. Like, bro, stop ignoring me, Tim. Like, we went to school <laughs> together. Come on now. And so they're sitting right next to us at the fest. And I was like, all right, it's going down right now. I go next time. I was like, what I got to do to get you to our beer festival? What do I got to do? Boom. And then boom, they came. Now, it was a little underwhelming because we did it on the 24th of July holiday. We were stupid. And so it, was a, like, it, was, it wasn't the 24th of July. It was just that three-day weekend. And so it wasn't an amazing beer fest, it, I will it was admit. A, it was our, by far our, our worst yes. beer fest we, and we ever had the did, most number breweries. But we had a kick-ass time. Like, we drank beer and, like, enjoyed each other and got to know each other. Right. But again, when you're in a community like this where they just don't understand like a beer festival, we have to keep educating them. But it was it was fun because I got I had Prodigy come down. Oh hell yeah! I, I had about yeah that. Prodigy Helper. came. Helper came. Helper had the um, probably the beer of the night. It was that lager. Which one did he bring? God, I can't remember. It what. was a lager. It was a lager. I can't remember it the was, name. It was fire. I can't remember. That. He'll remember. He'll, he'll remember. It killed everyone. Yeah, everyone but, was talking You got to hit that it. spot up, by the way. Uh, we are. It's Jamie, go Jaren and Amy are killing it over yeah, there. Yeah, we met them, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, we had Strap Tank, Bewildered, Utah, Fisher. Um, Silver Reef? Silver, Silver Reef. Reef. Cool. Prodigy. Us oh, I'm so glad and Helper. Oh, I mean, so it cool. was, and the thing that it was just, it was such a great but turnout you, for breweries. But you got that camaraderie, yeah, though. So you I felt that. Yeah, I, I called DeAndre. I was like, I'm going to build these fucking relationships. Yeah, you Bye. have to. I'll call you because that that <laughs> I live for that shit. That's so that's so much like it's so invigorating to be with like minded individuals. And yeah. Like, can we just talk beer and talk shop and just mm-hmm. have that's a good it. time over uh-huh. beer? Yeah. And that happens all the time. That's why you guys need to be there every time. Um, and it, but. It, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. But here, here's, oh, the soldier voice came out. <laughs> here's, here's here's the big stripe though. Don't fucking do shit on my birthday. <laughs> that was his birthday weekend too. Can't do it. Yeah. And we had we had Back to the Future. We had the DeLorean sitting had out DeLorean. there. It oh, was, was so mad. cool. It was the best experience. Oh my god. Was and there a flux capacitor? I think I texted. It you. was. Yeah. They had it in there. Yeah. They had the it skateboard. They had the cool. shoes. They the had almanac. The, they had everything in there. It was the Man. best. Yeah. We actually, what was, what so was much. great is that, uh, we had had to pay for it and then we'd put a down payment on the DeLorean and one of our customers had reached out to him and was like, Hey, he's my friend told me, yes, he's a veteran. We had a great conversation. DeAndre always has such great conversations with veterans that come in and he called messages. He's like, Hey, I found out you guys are looking for a DeLorean. 
We're like, yeah. He's like, oh, I, I have one. God sent. And I'll I'll God bring it. Sent. I'll bring it. Tell me that. I'll bring it for free. God and I got sent. everything because I put it in like car shows. Twenty eight hundred dollars for this DeLorean that was coming out of price, and wow. we were like, this shit is too much. But we were gonna suck we that had shit to do up, it. yeah, because wow. it was there. And, and then, then he just showed up and like so we're cool. like here we'll give you a ticket into the festival like oh yeah like God. we'll like we'll pay for your ticket and then it just sat out there and he had the almanac the that's so cool he had everything but you did it on the best but worst time you could have ever done it so our, our I wasn't next there. our next fair festival is going to be the last weekend of July which I think is the twenty eighth ninth. It's one of those, 28th yeah. or 29th. So that's going to be our next beer festival. So around now till March, we start reaching out to all the breweries, seeing if they can uh, Don't make take it. last year's beer festival for granted. Yeah. It was, it was our, our least turnout, and we know why. We learned from it. We learned yeah. from it. Yeah. And typically, we have a really, and really rained. great- And it rained. <laughs> But it was good rain. We've had worse rain. We've been shut out the year before. <laughs> yeah, you were there so, the year before. That was we got. so fun. Though. But we had so much fun under we all did. those tents. We did. Yeah. We and had the plenty people of were there, And we had a blast, even though yeah. it was raining. Uh, but I know for a fact, uh, the Utah Brewers Guild last week, they re- released festivals that are happening, events happening throughout the, the, um, the year. And the PK Fest was like July. Like it just said July. So it's always, known. People know. Like we're ready. It, yeah. it, the people are ready. And to reiterate, go. the the Brewers Guild, uh, the Utah Guild, that was our experience before. They've been doing right. a great job and, to like support and reach out and collab and not make it seem like you have to be a part uh, of the guild yeah. to be a Tipsy, part of the guild. What's her handle on Instagram? Tipsy Socks. Tipsy Socks. Yeah, she was Steph. here at the Beer Fest. That's the, that's the bridge that helped. I love her, yeah. And she is yeah. the bridge that made the difference for us. Steph's awesome. Again, we're looking for people that touch us the same way we try to touch people. Um, when I spoke to her, it, it, was, it was good then. Good. And it had nothing to do with the guild. It was just she was just so genuine that we had to just make sure we kept that going. Good. Because for a long time... We didn't uh, do anything with, um, what's the radio station she's on? Beer Nerd. Uh, Beer Nerd Radio. We didn't Mike, do anything yeah, with Mike, Beer Nerd Mike, Radio. Mikey? Yeah, Mike Rydell. Yeah. He does the Utah Beer Blog. Yeah. And so they've just, developed this, uh, almost a year now, I believe, they've developed this whole, every Friday they go on. Yeah, and I mean, let, That's why you texted me, you know, in August last year. Yeah. You know, you heard it. And yeah, anyway. And so we, we didn't do a whole lot of uh, things with uh, Beer Nerd because... We just didn't feel the representation was there. We were getting yeah. looked over. Um, never got our beer on his beer list. And we took it personal. Again, I hold grudges. I don't know why. He's a cancer. I don't know why I hold grudges. <laughs> but I do. And it's not that. And I don't take anything personal from anybody else. Yeah. And I hope they don't take it personal from me. But uh, Tipsy, I can't remember her first name. Steph. Steph she was like, hey. I'm she, was, she just broke it down. Yeah. She's pretty much, do this. I love her because she's it. she's like pretty much like get the fuck over it. I'm helping with it. Yeah, like, it was just like that. It was yeah, literally like, just like that. Get <laughs> the fuck over that's, it. That's that's how it is. I mean, and sometimes you just but, have to have to like have that conversation and be like, bro, like move the fuck on. Yeah, you got you got to evolve. But with the guild, and at the same time, there's some breweries, small, big, that do not see a benefit from being a part of the guild. And you know what? That's okay. And it sucks though because the guild it's is the representation yet. of not always the states. Brewer, but right now it's it's back in its infancy stage. Yeah, COVID fucked over like it almost like Dunzo. 
So it's it's building it back. And like, they got the right people now before they have some trashy, I, I believe trashy so. people. I believe so. so yeah, the, but again, direct, a, the executive director they had right before COVID was not the business. And that's what kind of we're like, eh, we're done. You know, fine. we'll just we'll just figure out our own stuff. But I like that it's not, hey, let's pressure you to be in it. I love but that let's too. still collaborate. And that's why I'm building, and I like I'm it. trying really hard to be like, hey, I don't care whether you're part of a guild or blah blah blah. If you're mm. making beer in here and you give a fuck and you're passionate, you're part of my family and I'm gonna keep that going. Yeah. You're part and, of my community. And that's community. how it should be. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely wanna be a part of the collab fest again. Like anyone who wants to collab, let's go. Um so but you do have to come down here. <laughs> But it made sense. When Brett was saying it was like every time they did the Clap Fest, they're doing it on their big systems. And I get it. You don't want it to be a, you know what I'm saying, a full-blown batch and you want a smaller batch. Yeah. That's exactly what we are. So there's the benefit of yeah. you want a small batch, we can get you the small yeah. batch. But it's going to taste like a big batch beer because that's what we're producing. Yeah. Just because the size is a five-barrel system and you have a 15-barrel system – does not mean that my beer is not going to be as of the same Absolutely. quality of the 15 gallon, you know what I'm saying, barrel mm-hmm. beer. It's the same. I'm adding the same salts. I'm adjusting the same water profile. I'm looking at the same grains. I'm picking the same kind of yeast, and I prefer a certain kind of hops. Right. We're doing the same thing. There's yep. no difference. So but I will say what, we, what our beer is, our beer is very special because Cedar City has incredibly clean water. Oh yeah, and whether so, it's in the summertime or the wintertime. Yeah, so so it you. gives our beer such a specific flavor profile. Mm. I mean, we don't have to heavily filter it. I mean, we have to add like our salts and our things like that to it. But I drink we, we drink beer right out of the tap or water out well beer out of the tap. I, I hope wish. you drink beer out of the tap. I do, <laughs> but water right out of the tap. I mean, without without any filter right. on it. So I mean, we have been lucky that Cedar doesn't have any like hard water issues or things things like that. We have just That's awesome, really incredible. Low, low chlorine levels, yeah. like it's really good water. We literally use one filter just to filter out the chlorine a little or the sediment, and then we boil our water the night before to get rid of the chlorine, oh, and we end up with really good water, minimal adjustments to the profile, and we get soft beer when we're looking for it. And yeah. better beers, our, our darker beers come out better because of the water. And we'll adjust it the other way. I've always liked your dark beers, by the way. That's probably the first thing I had here was a stout. And then I put the that. The dark hustle is my favorite. Dark hustle was yeah, good. Yeah, our then, coffee stout. Um, I put that strawberry. The oh, the Nesquik. The, the Nesquik yeah, the, I was like, what is this? The Quickland, yeah. When we put it in the stout, though, that was my Oh, favorite. I know. It so reminded I, me of. Yep, uh, yep. I do it all the time. I try to like kind of like, I, I'm one of those that likes to mix beers. Yeah. So I'll be like, hey, you want to do a black and tan? Do it with this and this. And then people are like. What in the fuck is this? Yeah. But they love it. They're like guzzling it because it's, it's so... This reminds you of childhood. Uh-huh. No. It's so delicious. Yeah, that's been a popular beer, that Strawberry Nesquik I'm excited to IPA. see more uh, PK this year. I really am. I'm excited to see what you guys are doing. I know what you're capable of, so I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. We are too. It just... It's, it's another, it. it's it's another a, it's, uncomfortable push that we have to like make. like I told you what yeah. Holly says, you yeah. got to push into the uncomfort. And I, I, like I gave you guys my story, like I... I Kudos has been hard. You know, it's not been easy. And, but I don't regret it. But I, sometimes I go home, I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm like, I just want to make beer. How many times did I say that today <laughs> when I was telling you stories about shit that happens yeah. here? But, fuck you know, this shit. But the thing is, we're, we're all, 
going through it oh, in yeah. a different way. And that's what I, if anything comes from this, I hope that more of us will just like conversate about the bullshit that's happening yeah. and just look that like we have this community of people that we can kind of like rely on yeah. and vent to and conversate to. The only people that know literally what the rest of us are kind of like dealing with and going through instead of just... It's not cakewalks and Yeah, you know, instead of pretending, pretending that it's just, yeah, just beautiful let's just talk about the hard part that's going on with it and the shit that happens like mentally and physically and stuff yeah. like that and also highlight the fun stuff but there's nothing wrong with talking about the shit fest that happens daily absolutely not that's why you know deandre we're talking about you know that mental health game is huge that's why i take i i'm, I'm i look at my owner or i look at my coworkers and like you know what guys i'm leaving early today i'm i can't i'm done or i'm like i need to draw a bath or you know, I just need to stay away from alcohol for a while because I don't want to numb it today. You know, I, and that's not talked about more. That burnout is real. That, that, is. That, that, that hurting is real. That uh, I'm just trying so hard and I can't. I just want to cry. And then cry. Then feel your feelings. And I can. I'm okay too. I, and it's not talked about. And I wish yeah, it was. Yeah, we, we really need to because like the hard part for us is like we can we, we never. We take it 24-7. We can, we, never just it be, we can never just be like, all right, fuck it. I'm leaving. Turn it off. I'm done. It never, when you're running a business. So how do you guys It never gets turned now? off. We don't. When you have to. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm we be do. We, we, we have to, but <laughs> it is so hard of just um, separating. Yeah, because this, this is life right here. Is it? It's like it's very hard being married and running a business and brewing together. I feel like we might be the only, except for I don't know if two rows brewing together, but um, we're the only ones who are running the business, brewing together, working together, and then we go home together, right? And so that is people ask us all the time, and I literally cannot tell you why we just have a strong relationship. But I mean, there's nights where it's just like we're not talking. Right. You just, we got to figure out this. Hey, we got to hash out this situation with the staff or this problem. Last night. That was last night. Last night. <laughs> Where I was like, of course, we're doing the podcast tomorrow and fuck this. <laughs> you know, it was like, that's just the reality of it. Like sometimes we go to bed and we're literally like, can we function tomorrow? Like we can't just wake up in the morning and be like, I can't go to work tomorrow. I can't open tomorrow. I have to put money, put food on my table. I have to pay all of our bills. I have to order grain. And so that's the hard part where we can't just close down and take a day off. And we've talked about that. We have to start doing that. We do. Mondays, it, we're going to start doing it. Uh, okay. At least right now. <laughs> I, I just, I just came up with it right now. It, At least on Monday when I'm like, thinking about it. No, like, but it's healthy. You need to think about it. You need a mental health day. You need it. Like it's not, if it's once a month then, Hey, you know what? The first Friday of every month or first Monday of every month, fuck you day. Yeah. You know, and that's okay. Why isn't that like, I, there's a couple of breweries I know and I've worked for before that they're open on certain major holidays. I'm like, why can't you just shut the, like, no, just give your staff. You guys are the staff. Give yourselves time off. It's, You're worth it's, it. It's the, it's the bills. Like being in a smaller town, mm. there's, there's about 30,000 people in Cedar city. 30, mm. well, there's 38,000, 38,000. They're not including the students that leave and come and go. Um, we have a small population from that 38,000, both all the establishments are jockeying for the same 2,500 people. Mm. So some days the other establishment, I get that two, three, 400 people. The other days, the other one to get the 200 people. And in between there, we'll get the, the 50 to 150 people. Like we're jockeying for the same people 
every mm. day of the week. And so being able to take a day off is like, shit, uh, what day is it first? Yeah. Uh, if True. it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it, it, you can't. No it's not possible. But if it's a, a a Monday, Tuesday, yeah, because people tend to not drink on those days in general. Right. Um, it's easier, but those also are, are slower days, which we can't afford slow days. We need days that we hit our numbers. Like, right. And that's the thing. With being um, like a family-owned business and not just like uh, the bartender, the brewer, um, the person on the cold side of the, the brew house. The seller woman or seller man, yeah. Like we have to take our attention to sales, uh, and the bartender doesn't have to worry about sales, but we have to worry about sales. True. Like, if the bartender is having a bad day, it doesn't matter. You you just go home and you chalk it up as a slow day. Sure. But a slow day for us, sale-wise, impacts our our um, everyday living. Yeah. Monday through Sunday. And so we can't, we can't afford to have the days off because... The day we don't make anything, if we not turn the dollar anyway, um, that's that's one bill we have to wait on. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like after COVID, it did something. Uh, COVID made it to where you can see it across the board. Like uh, beer sales in general across across the board is uh, definitely down compared to the years before since Absolutely. COVID. And so pair that and couple that with a town. That's 38,000 people versus uh, 180,000 people in one area. Yeah, but you only have, but that 38,000, you're only having maybe a fourth of that, if that, that actually drink. And a lot of those people just go to the liquor store and go home. Right. It's because easier. they don't want to, because it's, more it's easier, it's cheaper, and they don't want to come out or yeah. they don't want to run into somebody or all those, all those factors that go into it. And so we're constantly just having to, like, we started that pint meter because I love win- it, by the way. Okay, wintertime in Cedar is like Game of Thrones. The whole time, yeah, you know that video, that TikTok that went viral with that girl walking through Salt Lake where she's like, where is everybody? Look it up. She's like, they're on a business trip and she's walking and it's like dead, right? And she's like, where the fuck are all the people, blah, right? That's how it is here. It's like, we all prep, small businesses, everybody prep for winter to come to Cedar City because it's, because now we're relying on the local community Mm. And we're not relying on tourism. And, and tourism, tourism is what drives Cedar City's economy, whether they want to admit but, it or but not. But the local people don't realize that. They think, well, local is what's driving the local business in Cedar City, but it's not. You're dealing with Shakespeare, people that are traveling right. back and forth. For the uh, national parks. National yeah, the Red Rocks. Yeah. Yep. That's what's driving Cedar City's community. Even people that are moving mm. to Cedar City, they're not local to Cedar City yet. So they use that in their in their in their numbers as far as the economy and how much is worth. It. I didn't know that. And so it's a it's a made up number. Hmm. So you got a person from California that's moving to Cedar City, sold his house for nine hundred thousand dollars, bought their house in Cedar City for three hundred thousand dollars. Cash. Cash. <laughs> and so that that boosts it up and make it feel like the medium cost of living in Cedar City is what, what what did we oh, look yeah, up? Oh yeah, the the cost of living they showed, or the annual it was like fifty thousand. No way in but this. But in city. actuality, <laughs> the cost of living or the annual income for a person, a single person in Cedar City, is only around twenty five thousand, and that's because most of them are students 
that they don't count. Mm. And then the other part is factories that we have in Cedar City. They're not making $60,000 a year. No way. They're making barely twenty five. No so, I mean, th- but that just goes to like, I worked in nonprofits for 12 years. Inflation of numbers is just always happening. Yeah. So you can't ever count on like what the numbers, even craft beer numbers are inflated. Like you can't ever count on numbers. It's so hard to, yeah. to, to figure out tactile numbers of you watch this person drink four beers per day. Like you don't know that for sure, but we know the framework of Cedar city. Like we know the community. And as soon as no October, November hits, cause Shakespeare leaves mid October, you just feel it just changes. Damn. I mean, and then November, December, January, January. and then the snow started January. Yeah. The late, well, late winter. And yeah. people don't come out to drink. So, like, we have to start the pint meter. Oh, hey, it's cold. Come out and get a deal on a beer. Yeah. It's below a certain point. Come, come on. Just yeah. get the fuck out of your house and no, have right. a beer and you'll love winter more. Like, that's yeah. all I got to say. Like, yeah. just drink the, the winter depression away. Not every day, but, you but once in a while. dry January. Yep. You have that every year. Mm-hmm. Literally, because we've been open for our amount of time, we've been able to actually look at our trends. For our first two, three years, we never knew what the trend what was. was. But yeah. now, we literally look at our POS. Uh, we look at the years and... And for day for day, depending, you know what I'm saying, give or take because of the year changes, a day or two. It's identical. It's identical. It does not change. No matter what we do, it does not change. The same people do the same thing every single year. Damn. And we get the same outcome every single year. Yeah. So, I mean, you're just constantly having to evolve and put events together and, like, excite people to come out and do this. and um the beers don't always bring people out. That's the difference between us and like um, the, having that craft beer, like excitement. Um, yeah. It doesn't like we release a beer that's super exciting. You don't have a line outside, you know. Yeah. It, that, that's, it, that's gone though. Like that line that we saw, pick the Pliny's of the world. That don't exist anymore. Like you're not getting that line for beer or that, you know what I'm saying, that. The hype. The hype for a beer. Right. That's not what we're asking for. We know it takes more than beer to sell beer now. You got to provide something that make for me. Let's take me for example, and I'm the I'm the the clear cut example for it. Um, and we go through this every time. What is going to bring me outside? To, That's what to I drink always say to him. Like, how do I get you, someone like you, to come to the brewery? I like that. What do I have to do? And, and it's different though because what I like is different of the demographic that's in Cedar. Mm. Yeah, but it's true. What I like is probably the same demographic in Salt Lake. Hey. And so you're onto something. There were that's where we're at. So when I take the take that as far as what I like, I want to come to a place where I can listen to spoken word, I can listen to some hip hop, I can listen to uh, some, some jazz. Like, like jazz. I yeah, can blues. listen to some soft music. I can enjoy myself. Uh dim space. But that's not quite the demographic for Cedar City mm. because it's a it's a college town. They want it loud. They want it bright. They want it flashing. They want cheap beer. Yeah. So here we are at a, at a crossroads as far as what will bring me out versus what will bring a twenty one year old out. Damn. And so we're in the middle and we fight with that all the time, and that has been the hardest thing of connecting to the twenty one to twenty five year old. Well, and also, too, like, when you're, we, 
And I always say this, like we're losing ourselves as a brewery because we're pushing ourselves more towards trying to cater to other things, to cater to everything. And then we have to step back and be like, but we are a brewery. Like we are beer focused. We have to stay beer focused, uh, but you, I mean, we're fucking lucky because we have a bar license, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm not ever going to take that for granted because a lot of people are waiting for that. And so we utilize it. Tell that story. Tell the story (laughs) of the bar license. Well, yeah, TF TF was at our, was at that meeting. Um, and, there, we were at the meeting. There were seven of us that needed a bar license. It was a nightclub. It was TF. And it was uh, like three other, other restaurants. Places. And so we're going through the meeting. And I went up and gave my little spiel, you know, of like Cedar City. Here's the demographics. And like we're, we're like a rural community. And we deserve like the, the bar license rather than please, up in northern Utah. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put that and, in there. We were literally begging. Yeah. In Man, front of the I podium. And it was like yeah. eight, eight, eight people. Uh, oh, there's it like was 15 people up there. However many, it was split down the middle. This half was like, You've been in. No, Some people have been in there. No, we don't want to give it to you. The other half was like, Yes. Why not? So then, so then we go and it was really crazy. So they give the license to TF. They give it to another place. It was a nightclub. A nightclub and cool. another place. And then there's two licenses left, right? So what happens is two places got their licenses revoked in the meeting. So we look at each other and we're like, we're getting a license. Like sucks to be you. It's too bad. You lost your license. And all they had to do was just show up. Do their manager training, bro. Oh, they just had to do their goddamn manager training. But you know what? You're bad. Anyway. And so all of a sudden they find out that these two licenses lose and the whole room is like, Oh oh my gosh, guys. It's like the, the, like it's the excitement. So they make me go up again. Oh shit. And they bring me up too. Oh, so we're shit. literally be- Sarah's doing the begging. I'm sitting there looking like the sad puppy on the side, <laughs> but Sarah's doing all the begging because I did all the research and all the demographics and all this stuff for the information. And then um, we sit down, and then they decide that it was us and a nightclub. Us and a nightclub got the license, and the whole crowd just like erupted, like it was the, it was one of like the wildest meetings, and we were like hyped, like to get a liquor license <laughs> first try, like no questions. I love that. Like again, sorry, not sorry for the place that didn't do their training, but <laughs> thanks for the license. You yeah. know, so and then uh, yeah, it was a fun, it was a I fun just, meeting. Like, the graduation, all the hats go in the air. That's, it, that's what, what it felt like. What it felt like. <laughs> that's what it felt like. Like it was like the excitement when you because can. we had so many people on the right of us. I remember them. half of them were like the workers at uh, the DABC. They were cheering for us to get the license I because the other part. half on this side of the room, uh, media, the board, some it was a cameraman. They didn't want us to get the they're license. Like, they did not want us to have it. And you could feel the divide in the room. And that's why uh, they're not there anymore. Now yeah. we have a better DABS up there that's I love it. working for us. So Hell that's yeah. good. I'm so proud of you guys. Thanks for, uh, thanks for like sticking to your guns. Like You guys have this vision. DeAndre, thanks for, thanks for giving that mean look to that lady that one time. That's all <laughs> yeah, it so takes. So Seriously, you could do man. this. Like, because uh, you got balls, man. You, you decided to take a chance on yourself. And most people don't do that. Nope. And the fact that you did that and, and you did it for your family, like, brother, I've, damn, man. It's scary. It, it was scary. And it's still scary because. But look, look at this, man. Like, be proud of it. I I'm, know proud you are. Of, I'm proud of you, too. We are. Yeah. I'm proud of you, David. 
I didn't do shit. I, I'm proud yeah. of you for taking a chance and going. You made, in, you made your move and taking, getting uncomfortable and going to Kitos. Yep. <laughs> They're lucky to have you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's just and and that also that also. I built a bridge for. Uh, we had an issue with Kitos during. During COVID, the girl's not there during COVID when. Uh, I don't know if it was George Floyd, and that employee's probably not there. But they reached out with the most insensitive, woke email to us. Like, pretty much like, you're seen. We see you. And I was like, don't ever talk to us again. And I don't think the owner ever knew that that happened. But I was I, just I know like, the owner did never he never see knew that that, that happened. Damn. But this is the first she's I'm hearing obviously it. not there. And we were just like, I cannot deal with this shit. Like you don't have to reach out to us every time a black person is killed by a police officer. You don't have to conversate with us every time there's a, there's a protest. You don't have to tell us that we're safe and we're seen. We don't need that. Like that's, that's the, that's the heart. And the good part is that as a white, as a white person in our, I can tell these other white people who are trying to that's be my this translator. And just, that's my and, translator. and just educate them in a way. But when I found out you're working at Keto's, I was like, great, because this is going to bridge that gap that honestly, they probably didn't know that it happened because that person's probably long gone. Um, we, we know that person is not there Yeah. Anymore. And so when he was like, do we want to have a beer? And I was like, it's David. Like he's at Keto's now. It's a, it's a chance for us to just like rebuild that bridge that we only knew was broken. Yeah. I have right? no idea. And I have no idea. And just like fix, fix anything that again, only we knew because mm. we're not outright coming out when someone just does something really racially insensitive. Sure. If we did that, we'd be online, online every day. And it's another mentally exhausting thing. And so, um, so yeah, when that happened, it was just like, ah, we're just not going to like fuck with that anymore. Cause again, I didn't know how to contact the owner. I didn't know who anybody was. I was just like, put her mm. in her place and said, don't reach out to us again. Mm. You know, like that, this is ABC of why you should not be doing this. And again, I always try to People educate. People were so insensitive yes. during that time. Yeah. There was, was another brewery. Won't say the name. They, um, nah, I, don't, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Well, it was. That, we, one was, that one was probably by far the worst one. Yeah, it was but All rough. I want to say to that is the shit they were seeing then, that was new to them. Mm. I grew up with shit like that. When I said the trash can to where I come from. Yeah. I already saw that in my lifetime. You don't have to, you don't have to uh, cuddle me of shit I've seen my entire life right. growing up. That's just new for you, not for me. And for any black person or any person of color, that's that's not it's new. That, it's a it's a lack of education or lack of awareness. Like it's like so, their bubble all of a sudden burst. And I tell everybody like, if I'm anything, I always try to educate somebody. Mm. I'm going to put you in your place first, and then I'm going to educate you on why this, this, and that is not appropriate and how you should have gone about it in a different way. We because talked about this today because no one likes being called out. No. Name no. me one person no. that likes being called out. And Nobody. like, I was called out last night. And I'm like, I don't like it. But I needed to be called out. Yeah. Right? So it, it's hard to swallow that pride. And because in brewing, there's one thing you cannot have, and that's an ego, period. Yeah. Egos cannot be in the brewery, period. As soon as I have one, I fuck shit up. <laughs> <laughs> DeAndre is smiling ear to fucking ear right now. <laughs> Every time because we, we have a we have a different way of managing. Mm. Like we're just different. Mm. Like, yeah, yin and yang. I that's it. it. We're just so different. Like that... I run the brew day, right? I keep Sorry. us on track. I do times. I do connections. Like I do all that. 
Um, so if I get off or I get something goes wrong, it just messes up the whole vibe of how I'm trying to keep us structured on our brew day mm-hmm. and organized to what we're supposed to be doing. And it goes back to we all do the same thing. It takes us the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. It can take you five hours, or if you fuck up, it can take you eight hours. Mm-hmm. We're all in the same yep. ballpark. Doesn't as matter far how as big your system is. It does not yeah, you're all, we're all doing the same thing. We're all in the same boat. We're all brewing yeah. beer. Yeah, you know, Just with the same ingredients. Gold. Yeah, yeah and yeah, we're all the best trying version to. I can. Yeah, we're all trying to achieve like and that, that great beer. And that is also our goal too is to enter more beers because we have not only two. We want to enter more beers. I need to get out of my comfort zone of yes, not do. wanting people to try what I have to offer. Uh, that's not it. He's got to get out of his comfort zone of not thinking that his beer is good enough to go in a competition. That's the big thing. Because is I that, just want you to drink it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't want it to be judged in a manner because we do weigh heavily on untapped. So it's not that I don't want to be judged on what I'm making because we get some of the, the harshest to some of the greatest judgment sure. on untapped. So that's not the case. It's just sometimes I just want to make beer and it, it, it just leaves the interpretation of the person and right. then don't tell me about it unless you feel inclined to just tell me it was a good or a bad that beer. That was uh, Fisher. Colby had the same mentality, and I agree with that. It's like I don't need – I know I make good beer. I don't need someone to tell me that. I'm just making beer, right? But I told him this. I said, yeah, but that pat on the back, man, like I told you guys about that medal I won. Oh, man, I, 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 all that hard work, I don't know. For some I was – tears in my eyes. Like I did it. I did yeah. something. And, and there's gratification that. in that. Yeah, you deserve that. There's gratification in that. I just don't want it to come to where – I need that, and I see it a lot across the breweries that I, I look at and I go to, and, and and it's like, here's our metal case of 25 uh, medals from pick pick the sure. competition. It's like then it becomes like, like the medals. Are you making the beer? Because beer. what I've mm-hmm. learned is there is a difference from um, making your beer and competition beer. Mm-hmm. Competition beer is kind of like. It's competition generic. barbecue. It's barbecue. <laughs> when you go to a barbecue competition, they want it to look this color. They want you to cut this middle uh, section of the rack of the ribs. They want to make sure you glaze it just perfectly. Um, not too much seasoning. It's a show they, floor. They want to show it. But mm. when you got breweries and brewers that are making beer, the imperfection of the beer, what we say? Some of the ones I messed up. They're one of the best beers ever. That's it. Same. So I want that. And I don't want to make you this generic beer to where I gotta I gotta hit points no, you're because right. my beers don't hit and, points. And a lot of people get lost in that, but for some reason I've I've had overfiltered beer that I have to hit a certain like why if I were to filter out you know my grandma's uh, sourdough bread recipe, it becomes Wonder Bread. Yeah, I don't want Wonder Bread. I can go buy that anywhere well, else. Well, it just you know? goes back I to that. I keep taking this back to like the imperfections of business ownership beer making, like, like brewing, like all those things, they're okay to fucking talk about and to like accept that they're there because if you're a perfect brewer, why are you brewing? Like, I like the story about the amber. Yeah. Like the the amber ale was like, Hey, we got all this, all this grain. I love it. We got all these specialties and now we're just going to throw it. Let's see what we can make. Yeah. A Franken beer. It it was balanced. Like we had grains that we didn't put in there that we have in there. Yeah. Some didn't make sense. We need to make sure like the ratio of, our made end of sense. Year beer, yeah. Our end of year grain, we were like, okay, we've got this grain left from like the last couple months. 
what do we have? And originally it was supposed to be a brown and then it came out, we're tasting it. And I was like, I'm really getting more of like an amber lager vibe from it. It's not giving me brown. And it's got kind of like a really pretty amber red kind of color to it. And we're just like, he forever didn't know what to call it. And I was like, I'm calling it an amber. It's just going on tap. This is what it is. I'm not going to say it any longer, but that's the fun part. That's craft. Yes. That's the, that's craft, the craft part that sometimes we forget about. It's craft. And oh. when you go into those competitions, you forget about the authentic I, craft of, of beer sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. You know, Unless I you're... think while I'm judging beer, I have to think uh, this may be the best beer at the table, but is this beer the one that was to style? Right, yes, and that's where, yeah, that's, and that's, that's tough the hard part. because that beer I I drink three times over. And this one I would never order again. I don't know, you know, it's just and that's what I mean. Tough. That's what I mean by mm. uh, the beer we make versus the beer we make versus the beer that we judge in right. competitions. It's tough. It just is so I can only relate it to a the rack barbecue. of ribs in the in a barbecue competition. Makes sense. Like. I want to bite the rib, but I don't want to. I want the meat falling off the bone. I still want the meat on the bone. Mm-hmm. But when you like, want to eat at home, you're like, I just want it. To I come want off it to come right <laughs> off. Yeah, that's yeah. how we compare our beers, and I don't want to be judged in that aspect. I just want you to be like, that's a really good beer. Yeah, and I can live with that. I don't need an award for that. I don't need recognition. I just need it to sell. Yeah, sell because again. Because we're a family-owned business, our sales are more important than trying to make the perfect beer for someone. Yeah. I need to make the beer. I need you to enjoy it. I need it to fly off the draft, and I need it to be able to provide for our family because that's what it's doing right now. Damn. And when it does not provide for our family, we feel it when we go home every night. We feel it on a Friday. We feel it on a Saturday. Yeah. And so that's the hard part of being in a small town. We're we're jockeying for the same twenty five hundred people, and it's not good for anybody. Like, you shouldn't have to be operating that way. You should be able to open your doors at whatever time it is, and you should be able to have your bartender come in and pour the first beer, and you should be able to just turn. And people everything are just on. coming that's, all that's day it. long. Yeah, yeah. And some days it's like that. Some days it's, it's in and out. It's nonstop, and then you the next week you're like. Where is everybody? <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> and at the in our first two years, we didn't realize the the pattern. So then we were like, "Shit, are we doing something wrong?" And no, we weren't doing anything wrong. It just you got to yeah. ride it. You got to go with it. You got to understand that it's the ebbs and flows. That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think really it's just like the grind. Like if we can say anything about policy kings and ourselves, is we know like how to grind and hustle like harder than anybody because we're doing that 24 seven, like to the point of like, we're, you know, we're dreaming about the next thing we're going to do or the next beer we're going to brew or the next event we're going to do. And so it's just like constant within us. I mean, our kids are coming up with events. Yeah. Mommy should try this. Mommy should name this beer. This mommy should, we start a TikTok. Our daughter helps us run our TikTok. Good. Because as she should, she's a, because I know she's a generation alpha. Zero yeah. about TikTok. <laughs> and zero. you wouldn't answer anyway. <laughs> zero. Cap cut, dad. Cap cut. Yeah. I need to update my cap cut. Yeah, what she's updating, the putting that? all the, yeah, it's exactly. No yeah. So she's put, so if you see stuff on TikTok, that's our daughter putting together our TikToks and our videos. I, I do all the, I do all of our social media. And so I do all the videos and stuff for her. And then she puts them together and makes them fun. Yeah, on uh, on TikTok. So again, big family like family thing. But 
It's, it's, I love it. I love that. It's though. fun. We just have goals. So just all I got to say is just keep watching out for us. Yeah. Yeah. Because we that. have something, it's, it's going to be special. It has yeah, we'll to be special. We'll know in about six months. Perfect. So it's, oh, we I'm have excited. to wait. Yeah. Hmm. Well, but guys, I appreciate you letting me come in, taking some of your time and being here because it's, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I really have. So thank you. And thank you for letting me um, be a part of your family too. Thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah, ma'am. I appreciate you. Is there anything I can do to help you guys out? Or what can I do? Um, I think the only thing, like, and it's not even for you to do, is that when we do start making transitions, mm. like I said, we're, we're reaching out to everyone um, at whatever point that we do it, of just building a relationship. Just be there in the in the background, building a relationship also with us, uh, because uh, support comes in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. It's like you don't have to, you know, what I'm saying, be the one that always says, "Well, PK down down south," but in the background, you can always be the one that um, drink our beer, share our beer. Um, make the the point of coming down mm. like it's other it's other other shows i think i'm gonna say i think you should just keep pushing deandre out of his comfort zone <laughs> and keep pushing him to go to you bet your ass festivals with you or events or judging or anything like that keep pushing so him. ladies and gentlemen you'll see yes. deandre at the <laughs> not me <laughs> craft beer for utah beer fest we come as a package, bro. We all come as a package. I, 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 I got to run things. Sorry. I miss I miss the kids. Like, I didn't see the kids today. So I expect the kids there, too. And just because you see Sarah... Just because you see Sarah and Olivia or Sarah and Miles, like... We're all there. 18 years. <laughs> 18 years, my essence is there. It's there. Yeah. Like, no matter but what I you do. I want to smell you. I want to see you. I know what I'm saying. Sometimes people think, like, I'm the one that you want to hang out with and see. But I always tell them, like, DeAndre is, like... A, like a lovable teddy bear like he's the one just that, be behind me then dude. yeah i'm like he's the one you want to like he gives the best hugs he's such a cool guy i'm the one you should be afraid of <laughs> but no one sees that cussing cussing oh you that's it that's, it. that's, that's that the thing i'm just kidding but that's the yin and yang about us like you get that you mm-hmm. get that from sarah you get it from our kids and you'll get it from me it's just we haven't put it together he's just gonna get out more so you can get to know him and see him yeah I because I want to talk more about beer. That's yeah, it. that's true. I yeah. want to be about all day beer. Long. That's it. Let's let's talk beer. Let's talk. You know, hone the craft. No, learn what someone else has that you don't have. I that's love it. that. That's I love it. that. You should always be evolving. Always be learning. Yeah. Because if you're not, then what's the point? Exactly. Yeah. Once you think you know everything, that's when you start failing. Yeah. You yeah. Should this move one's on. good. This one's good. Hold what on. is that? Shout out Matt Burdick. He uh, uh, Desert Edge. He makes his porter, and uh, that's what oh, DeAndre cool. just opened up. I already drank some. Yeah, that's a, that's one that's of their, his flagship porters, and it's great. That's a good he's one. He's making like great beer over there, and he's he's my sleeper spot in Salt Lake, Charlie Square. No one goes there. No one gives a fuck. And he's making damn good beer. Desert Edge. Yeah, I knew Desert Edge. They've been around for what twenty years? Oh, like forever. Longer, yeah. I think 20, twenty plus. Yeah. Oh, geez. Bro. Yeah, and he's brewing over there on that system, and shit, he's making good beer right now. Sweetness. Anyway, on that note, my friends, I think we should end it because I have way more questions and beer to drink after this. There we go. Sweetness. <laughs> Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Until next time. Cheers. <laughs>
episode of The Tastemasters. Find us on Instagram at the underscore Tastemasters, Twitter at The Tastemasters, or on Facebook as The Tastemasters. Like, share, subscribe, DM us for any questions, or leave a review. Tell your friends, and thanks for listening. Produced and recorded at Fuse Audio. Give them a follow at Fuse underscore audio.